Welcome to Mortally Wounded Podcast, episode 32. I'm your host, James. And I'm your host, Chris. And joining us tonight, we have not one, not two, but three special guests. We have Matt, the Mayor of Dubbo, and the like the Death King himself now, I guess, Mayor of Masters, something like that. Uh, <laughs> Matt Tyrrell, we have Matt Campbell, and we have Reese. How is everybody going? Good, thanks. Yeah, great. Yeah, pretty good. I was good until you skimped on our intros. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh yeah, we got we got we got the Mayor of Dubbo in, and then the spares. You need to do that. Like four different epithets, and we're like, oh yeah, and you know, Reese and Matt are here too. (laughs) I I didn't want to say anything. Establishing the entire tone of the podcast. I'm telling you what. I I didn't want to say anything, but he he put it on his retainer that I had to say that. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's Uh, a diva now. I tell you what. But no, so this episode, we're going to be chatting all things the Australian Age of Sigma Masters 2019, um, and we're lucky to be joined by all three of the podium. So um, yeah, this this show is going to be talking all about Masters. Neither myself or James was there, so we thought we can't exactly do a Masters episode without people that were actually there on the ground. So um, yeah, everyone's been good enough to give up their time. So uh, yeah, this episode is going to be chatting all things Masters. We'll go through lists, overall thoughts, um, some. We'll touch on some highlights from games played, and yeah, and then I guess looking forward from Masters. So I think Matt and Matt have both been on the show before, but Reese, you're new to the show. So maybe do you want to just start and introduce yourself to our listeners who might not know who you are? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I'm just a local Victorian player repping the measured gaming colors uh i've been playing age of sigma i started the game when the game first kicked off but i gave it sort of a a bit of a back burner uh after about six months just to see how the meta evolved sort of see see what the the community did moving forward uh and i jumped back into the game about a year and a half ago with the chaos dwarfs and uh i've been having a lot of fun just there's there's a, a ton of people in the community that are that I've known from fantasy days or uh, that I've gotten to meet and made friends with over the past 18 months. Uh, it's been really fantastic. The community's uh, really coming together. And uh, that's that's where I'm basically been. I've just been playing games, meeting, fr- uh, meeting people, making friends, uh, and playing a fake army the whole time to do it, you know, ruining people's hobby with made-up rules. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Nice. <laughs> well, welcome, Reese. It's a pleasure to have you on board, mate. Um, yeah, thank you for coming on the show. And, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. And someone that doesn't need an introduction, I'm going to call him the Master Matt. <laughs> the Master Mayor, the Mayor Master. <laughs> this um, is rude. <laughs> I hope Matt get, Matt Campbell gets a good intro. He definitely deserves one. Um, Who's yeah, Matt? So... Matt, Matt Campbell? That name doesn't ring a bell. Sorry, <laughs> is he important? Uh, he, he is. He is. Um, no, I'm, uh, for those that don't know, I'm from Albury. Um, other podcasts talk about me from being from Dubbo because I live ten minutes out of Albury. Uh, been playing the game since uh, fantasy days. Oh, very late. In the end times of fantasy, uh, jump, jump, full right into uh, AOS as soon as it came out. Really enjoyed the 
the different style compared to fantasy, the more skirmish style that AOS is and just love the game ever since. Um, love the tactics, love everything about it. Um, yeah, fast forward a couple of years and I've played a few tournaments now and um, I think I'm still, I don't even think I've got to double digits yet with tournaments, but um, yeah, um, went away, went to Masters this year and come away with it. So pretty stoked uh, to say the least. Really, really enjoying life at the moment, and um, it's finally—I think it's finally sunk in that I, the Australian Master. But yeah, it took quite a while before I sort of realised that it actually had happened. And um, yeah, just enjoying it all at the moment. So yeah, James, you muted yourself. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on your win, is what I was saying. <laughs> but um, moving on to. Um, a man who also needs no introduction. He but would like one. But would like one. <laughs> so he's <laughs> so uh, people don't know. Matt Campbell uh, took out CanCon this year, coming first. He also took out Sydney Slaughter, uh, which is the event that we run in June. And to back it up uh, towards uh, just before Masters with his third tournament of the year, coming second place at Sydney GT. So. Uh, it was the so so close to the triple, to the triple hunch, but he, yeah, definitely one of the Australia's top players. And uh, welcome to the show, Matt Campbell. Thank you. As we'll hey. find out, no doubt today, I'm, I'm a big fan of almost doing things. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, all right, Masters, how did you guys? Uh, just uh, go through each of you, just have a little bit of a journey about how you how you came to be at Masters. So, Reese, you want to you kick it off? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, like I said, I started the game uh, about 18 months ago, just, you know, sort of meeting people and just rolling dice, uh, really jumping into it that way, just finding out what the, the scene is like and meeting people. Uh, over that period, the first real tournament I got to try out was Bush Bash. Uh, up in Bendigo last year, uh, and I did pretty well with that. Got um, placed uh, fifth or sixth. Uh, so I mean, it was it was, it was quite quite fun. Then I got to go to CanCon, uh, up nearly nearly straight after that, just a couple of months. Um, and yeah, CanCon was a full on experience. Like I played it in fantasy before. Uh, it was always sort of a big event, but it was never as huge as it was last this year. Uh, just going in and seeing so much of the hobby on display, just seeing how everyone was going. So I went, uh, I, I went four one one at that event uh, because I ma <laughs> I managed to draw a, a another Chaos Dwarf player on round four and on relocation orb, and after victory points. And everything died, and everything was left on the table. We tallied it all up, and we had exact same 50 points and exact same kill points. Uh, so I don't think you could have thought of a better way for a mirror match to end. Uh, but you end up going 4-1-1 and placing somewhere in the top 20. Like, just uh, just sort of just trying to try out the army, rolling dice. It's, I was never really aiming to get two masters this year. I just wanted to, like like I said, just, you know, find my ground, find my feet in the community and the hobby and just sort of see where it goes but as i kept playing throughout the year and i just sort of started learning the army more and seeing what like tricks and tips i had there moving forward uh the general's handbook 2019 did change the meta a lot as well so let my army 
especially the new command abilities, let my army sort of step up a bit. Uh, but yeah, after CanCon, I, I did BadgerCon, uh, uh, again at Bendigo, uh, tried out, uh, went to Lord of War where the Dwellers Boys were running. Uh, both of those I placed in the top 10. And before I even knew it, I was going into the Bush Bash this year. Uh, so 2019, a couple months ago, realizing if I placed in the top five, I actually made it to Masters, which was a, a situation I just didn't find myself expecting to be in. So, yeah, I did really well at that event, ended up coming second. Uh, and, yeah, and then everything sort of fell into place from there. I ended up uh, – Masters was in uh, Melbourne this year, so I'm just down the road. I, I live in a small suburb on the west side of Melbourne. Uh, everyone running there, like I already knew, like uh, like Clint and uh, the Dwellers Boys and all that. Like, and unfortunately, Clint wasn't able to make it this year, uh, just because of uh, some some sort of issue. I'm not too sure what happened there, but uh, yeah, the Dwellers Boys end up running a, a really good event and uh, showed up and had a ton of fun. Uh, not really more to say about it, really. I just sort of I sort of fell into masters just by playing an army and. Uh, yeah. Uh, sort of is exploring how what I could do with it moving forward. And so what um, what army are you playing? <laughs> what, I'm not playing an army. I'm playing. I'm, I uh, I put some toys on the table and make up rules as a go. It's all fan fiction, really. Like it's. Uh, <laughs> no, I play the, the Legion of Asgore four twelve. Who? Um, the, the I'm playing. I'm playing Astra Militarum in fantasy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> essentially, yeah. with complete with tanks and everything, it's glorious. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I played a fake army for the past eighteen months, and uh, they worked out well for me to get yeah. to where I am now. You fucking killed it, man! So congratulations, it's a credit to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Awesome. So we'll move on to uh, I don't know. I keep should I save the master mat or just the mat or the mayor? <laughs> the, the mat. Just, is it the mat? Is 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 Matt the mat, and you're the master mat? Or just, no, he's it's the belt mat. It's not second. It's not second hand. It's second mat. We um, Campbell, we uh, proved that one T is better than two, mate. <laughs> I mean, I seem to recall it being two one this year, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 not how well you do throughout the year. It's how well you do at the finish line. Like, let's face it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, so Maddie Campbell, do you want to um, just take us through your journey to Masters this year? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, sort of long term, I, I'm probably the Masters veteran. I know for you guys, I think it was both your first Masters. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. It's nice being able to see you nod to confirm. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I went the last two years with corn both times uh and me and chris have sort of filled the role of dave kerr's also rants on the podium yep. both times <laughs> um so yeah i'm uh i've sort of had a bit of experience with it this year specifically um i ran what i always ran i ran my corn out um so obviously started the year really well with uh with my corn pre the new book at CanCon, uh, where I was obviously stoked to win it um, and had some incredibly tough games, including Mr. Mayor himself. 
uh, with Old Death before they digivolved into Stormcast. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, then throughout the year, I obviously went to your amazing narrative event, guys, uh, Sydney Slaughter, where um, following my narrative, I brought my corn again. Uh, that was under New Book, though. So that was a relatively similar list to the one I'm still running to this day, where it's centered around Tyrants of Blood and Murder Host. Um, and was able to win that too. Going forward, I went to Sydney GT, came second there because I don't read scenarios very well. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. And, yeah, yeah uh, I don't ha- know how knife to the heart works, but uh, luckily in this one, as I might mention a bit later, I did play knife to the heart well. Um, and then just before Masters got some practice in with a relatively similar list to the one I took up at Runax team tournament, uh, which, uh, as is tradition, the Pantheon of Filth was able to take out, which is the team I'm part of. Um, and that, yeah, went to Masters and would have would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for these two kids and their meddling dog. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler warning. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so, so, what, so what you say? So, what you're saying is the veteran got beaten by the newbies. Yeah, beginner's luck, mate. Yeah, beginner's luck. Really, yeah. <laughs> I suppose uh, the true test will be to see who's at Masters next year. No, yeah, one. no one. Literally, no uh, one. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll win this year. It's 18 months, I'll isn't it? Yeah. In Sydney. That's right. <laughs> I'll be the master for like 18 months. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Well, at least it's, uh, you know, at least it's not Adam. (laughs) Yeah. Don't give give him any more airtime, James. He doesn't need it. I know. I keep mentioning him on this podcast. eh? I'm a secret admirer. Who's Adam? (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So last, last but not least, let's talk about someone that's actually won Masters. Uh, let's talk to Ooh. Matt. Matt, <laughs> you've got you've got Matt Dave on the line. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, my run up to Masters this year uh, obviously kicked off with CanCon early in the year. Uh, took my Legions and the Gash Army, uh, Legion of Blood to be exact. Uh, I had a pretty solid list. Uh, it's a list I ran for a couple of events this year, and I'd been running it um, last year. I took it at Bush Bash, and I'd been playing it a lot around Aubrey. Um, it was a list that it actually had a lot of legs. It, it has a lot of, um, you know, it can sort of beat anything. Like it has a lot of different bits to it that it can s- sort of take on most armies. Um, so you yeah, took it to CanCon, um, went, was doing pretty well. I think it was game three on the first day. or No, it must have been game four. I come up against Matt, against Matt Campbell. Um, I had a pretty good start. Matt had a fairly decent start too. Relocating orb. I freaking hate relocating orb. That was back when it was Let it go. <laughs> the oh. old version. Um, but yeah, no, I had a, we had a really good solid game. Um, my vampire Lord failed two rounds of combat into his big dudes, which lost me the game. Um, but we'll talk about that later on where that 
sort of come back around. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I, I paid you back big time. <laughs> what goes around comes around. Um, so then fast forward to Aubrey. We had another event down here in Aubrey um, where I think few, uh, James and Chris were both at that. You came down. Border War, you? Yep. you did, James. Yep, at Border War. Um, yeah. I played four good games, got to the final table with the uh, same list, um, funnily played enough. Some, played some dickhead playing a broken army. Come up against Chris and his feck. Um, thought I had a good chance. I just played it really bad, really bad. Um, and yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris outplayed me by a mile and uh, was the better player there. And so I was playing. That was playing for the win, obviously. Um, so by losing that, I dropped back down to seventh or something. I think I finished ninth at CanCon, seventh at Aubrey. Um, and then I didn't get a chance to come to any other tournaments till later in the year because we had a kid um, early in March, so it sort of put a dampener on things. Uh, booked in for Sydney GT, um, w- went up there with a different list because uh, GHB, the new GHB had come out and a lot of things had changed with my Legion of Blood list that um, I didn't like. Uh, I'd lost a command point. I just It just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do anymore, so I um, thought I'd change it around. Went grand host Nagash, um, took a very like I still took a very similar list. I had Graveguard and Black Knights and no Nagash obviously, um, but had Manfred in there and a few other things and had a had a fairly solid list with uh, yeah Death March was the battalion. Uh, so going into that tournament, I um, I grudged Matt Campbell for the first game because he'd beaten me at CanCon. I was like, ah, oh, I want to get my revenge on this bloke, prove that he's not the best in Australia, but um, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. I, I played really well, started well, um, had a really good first turn, killed one of his bloodthirsters for turn one. Um, I think turn two, I might have even got the double, killed another bloodthirster, and I'm like, oh, in a good ch- in with a good chance here. And uh, yeah, he still had Scarbrand and the what's the exploding dude? Insensate. Yeah, the insensate rage, and um, he had a few points. Uh, Blood, uh, the blood tithe points, and move get, got the move in the hero phase, and then a move, normal move, and then a charge, and that thing just ended up in my back lines near my general, and just exploded like nothing else, and killed everything. And um, Scarbrand did the same; he just come over and just wiped shit out. And like, I pretty much, I think that one combat phase with those two, um, those two dudes, they pretty much wiped out probably two thirds of my army in one combat phase. Like it was just ridiculous. Yeah, the boys. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, but it was still from there, I still kind of still had a little chance. I was still being able to get moves onto objectives, but he, um, I think he then used blood tithe again in his hero phase to move the insensate rage and come over and killed Manfred and a few other things. And yeah, from there, that was, that was game over. Like turn three, I think it was one at Matt, like it was a, it was a really bloody game. I think like the first two turns we'd wiped out so much shit and then, um, yeah, turn three, I think we called it. It was like, yeah, no, game over. <laughs> so Yeah, it was like 18 away from each other, so it was always going to go that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a that was a – it was a fun game. I, I always impl- enjoy playing Matt. He's a great competitor and, he, you know, he's he's always really easy going. I think even in that game um, there was – I got into the – so with Legion of the Gash at the end of the movement phase, you use your command points um, – to bring on a dead unit and my black knights were dead and I'd finished the movement phase and I'd gone on to the charge phase and I think I'd finished the charge phase and I said to Matt, oh, 
bloody hell, I forgot to bring on my Black Knights. And Matt's like, oh, just bring them on, dude. Bring them on where you're going to bring them on. And I'm like, you sure? And he said, yeah, do it. So, you know, like hats off to him. He's a great competitor. He's let me bring on my 15 Black Knights back on the board. Um, but still didn't matter. <laughs> Scar ran just more blood ties, mate. Played <laughs> yeah. right into my hands. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was uh, Sydney GT. So I finished, uh, I think it was sixth or something at Sydney GT. I, I ended up winning my other four four games um, against some really good opponents and had some fun games. Um, but two and a half K, I don't think I'm going to do that again. It was it was so hard. I was I think that first day, that first night, I was so knackered. I think it was it nearly like a 12 hour day or something on it, Matt? Like it was. I think yeah, we went from. Like, oh. It was. A but killer. then again, I I still had like 35 models in my list, so I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it was. Um, I think we, um, what was it? Uh, it was like 8 o'clock in the morning to like 7.30 at night or something silly. Like it was such a huge day. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, oh, I was wrecked. So then, um, yeah, so that finished me. I ended up finishing with um, with the rankings. I think I was about 6th or 7th because um, I'd finished well at three tournaments um, and that was enough to get me to Masters. Um, yeah, and then... We all rocked up to Masters. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so oh. Ma- Masters is coming. You all know you're in. You've got your invite from Clint. Um, what? How did you go about deciding what you were going to take? Were you just going to take the army that you'd been playing all year, or were you like thinking about the meta, et cetera, et cetera? Um, Reese, do you want to go through? And maybe this is a good time to go through your list you settled on as well. Yeah, sure thing. So uh, it was always going to be the fact that I would have to play the army that I was the most familiar with. Uh, there were probably there's definitely better picks than Chaos Tours in the, in the game that we were playing, uh, especially with the new releases like More Tribes and OBR just coming out. Uh, but I didn't have the time or the practice to get in. I'd only just started up my second army uh, of Fire Slayers uh, probably about two months ago before Masters. So uh, the decision was always there, and I felt where they were could have been a good enough of a pick to to perform well enough. But, like, the army had gotten me to where I was at the time, so I wasn't too fast how I went in the event. So I decided to just take the same list I took to Bushbash, uh, which was a... Now I'm going to list a lot of fake units here, so you guys can bear with me for a moment. I'm not, making stuff most, I'm not making most of these up. Uh, so <laughs> making just going to say fire and iron as like the start of the word, and then anything in the second half. <laughs> so I've got yeah, I've got an, an iron cracker and a skull crusher, and oh wait, no, skull crusher is an actual thing. Uh, no, no. So yeah, so I've got a uh, Tauric Centaur as my general. Uh, he's a big gribbly monster, seven wounds with a uh, Doomball profile. Uh, just a, a big combat wombat with a damage mm-hmm. three act. Uh, he was running around with Neg One to hit in combat and a five plus ward save, uh, which came in clutch in a lot of games. It always has. It's putting defensive effects on a really powerful character like that just pays dividends because it just lets him keep swinging over and over again. Uh, I was running a Demon Smith, which is the Chaos Dwarf Sorcerer. He has a really cool 36-inch range debuff uh, and a model wound hand grenade at 6 inches. He also buffs up your War Machines if you take any. Uh, I ended up taking two on this list. And I allied in a Contorted Epitome because if I'm not going to play the best arm in the game, I might as well at least ally them in. 
I mean, so yeah, Contorted Epitome helped me join in with the Activation Wars and also has a really good debuff spell that works with shooting. So that let me play into a little bit of synergy with the list that wasn't present beforehand because Chaos Dwarfs are powerful. They just don't have anything to support themselves. Uh, so uh, onto that, I had uh, 30, 10, and 10 of Fireglaives, which are the shooting Chaos Dwarfs. Uh, they deal mortal wounds at range, and they also have a, an okay combat profile one attack force of course they're, they're there to fill the bad line out and just to pump out some damage at range the, the army is a mixed force gun line uh and i just tried to play into those strengths as much as possible uh and rounding out the rest of the list was from war machines i had a skullcracker uh, demon engine which is uh combat wombat uh, uh thomas the tank engine uh has a, a bunch a bunch of gears and spikes at the front and it grinds over the enemy random attacks but their quality attacks with uh, Rend 1 damage D3, and they scale down 3s to 3s, down to 3s to 5s, uh, depending on wounds. But even then, they're not doing fast wound unless they're on one wound left. You can also buff up their attacks if you take mortal wounds after if you roll too high, just to represent this them just pumping more steam into the weapons. Now, I've also got two Magma Cannons. Now, they're the, probably the, the rudest part of the army. Uh, their central rule is I roll a dice and on a 3 plus I deal that many mortal wounds and if it's against a horde I get plus 1 to the result and the amount of mortal wounds dealt and the last part, last two parts of the army was Kadai Fireborn and a Soul Screen Bridge I took 12 Fireborn uh, and they're, they're, they're the shock the shock infantry of the army they, they run and charge with an 8 inch move Ethereal, Fly and 5 attacks each uh, they have no rend, but they deal D3 damage each. So they were there to clear chaff out, hold objectives, and just be as annoying as possible before they exploded because their bravery is like six. So they're not, they're, whilst they are demons, their bravery is six. So I lose two of them, the whole unit starts running. It's ridiculous. Uh, and yeah, the Soul Screen Bridge was there just so I could get my gun line into position a turn earlier with Chaos Dwarf speed. It was always going to be an issue. Uh, that spell really helped me out a lot uh, after Forbidden Power came out. Um, and also it gave me some it gave me some uh, redeploy options for certain missions, especially the ones who played at Masters, uh, that really helped apply the army more of a sum of its past than it ever really would have been able to do without it. Uh, that lets them compete at all in those missions. So it was an, almost an obvious pick to take in the army. Uh, sorry, I bored you guys with my uh, my fan fiction, uh, but yeah, no. So the list I took to Masters was the exact same list, um, and I felt it can compete a lot against the defined meta, excluding the newer stuff. So Slanesh, I've played a few times, and yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to that, Tyrell. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, Slanesh, I could do pretty well with because if they overcommit with keepers, I can just shoot them off and then deal with the smaller characters uh, by pushing either the Kadai or the Skullcracker up, or just just pumping out a ton of mortal wounds across the table. Um, with Corn, uh, the same thing. They've got big grippers with a four plus armor save and not much protection, so they can fall pretty quickly to weight of numbers. Uh, but if they go a more mortal horde list, like uh, Pat Nevin's been running the entire year, he's been running like four hundred reavers backed up in Gore Tide. That list can do a lot of serious damage because you just can't deal with as many 
models as they are on the table. Um, and as for the other ones, Fire Slayers is it's the same army as mine, but it's slower, so it can really grind out in the combat. But you've got to uh, get across the table first, really. Um, but yeah, no. So the, those sort of the takes of what I was bringing in to Masters. But more than anything else, I was just happy to be there. Just to, like I said, I like I said it over and over again, but just to be there to roll dice, have fun and meet new people. Everyone at Masters was fantastic to get along with. Like, I don't think I had a drama all weekend. So yeah, that that was my list and everything and the thoughts behind it. I think it was um it was one of the lists that when I read through them all, I was like going, this is yeah, this is really cool. It's Chaos Dwarves, so you don't really see them a lot, and it's also I thought it was a really good list. Like you look at it and you go, you've got bodies, you've got long range, you've got mortal wounds, you've got the bridge in there to compensate for your movement, you've got the Kadai for speed and mobility, but also good hitting power against stuff that doesn't have great armor saves. Um mm. so yeah, I, I I looked at it and thought that's a really strong list. Um so I wasn't surprised to see it do well. Um I was surprised about one of the results, which we'll maybe come to later on. Um but yeah, no, I, I thought it was um, a really cool list, and as I say, it's um, it was cool to see Chaos Dwarves there because you don't see them very often, and also seeing that they can perform. Um, mm. And it was in- interesting hearing how they've changed and they've had some like Forbidden Power gave them some new tools and things like that. So it's kind of always good to revisit armies that you might not think are particularly competitive every time the game changes, even if it's just points changes. It can actually make a big increase in the viability, but also the meta like lots of combat armies are out there now that are up actually quite fragile against shooting so shooting should be yeah. more of a thing i still think shooting should be more of a thing than it is but um shut up but, <laughs> but um i do think we had very different childhoods though because t- your version of thomas the tank engine is not what i saw growing up <laughs> i mean it's, it's pretty much the same like i, I think Maybe maybe my Thomas was a little bit angrier than the one in the TV show, but I mean, it definitely was voiced by Ringo either way. So I mean, I mean, I am I have got used to the fact that everything in Australia is just a scarier, deadlier version than whatever it would have been back then. Yeah, yeah. I ran an Australian Thomas the Tank Engine into yeah. Yeah. Mad, Mad, Mad Max meets Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it also encompasses children's shows that we watch as well. So yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, right, uh, Matt Campbell, do you want to go through your thoughts, yeah. list, etc.? Sure. I mean, I, I think you made a really good point about Reese and wanting to revisit his army. I tried to do that, but I just couldn't find his book anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking for ages, still can't find that thing. Um, but as as for a real army that's been around for longer than five minutes, um, I was just waiting for Reese to turn around. Born. I was just waiting for Reese to turn around and say, "You need to look up." But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So blades of corn. I did what I always do and took blades of corn. Uh, I've been doing it for three years, and they rarely let me down. So went for it again with masters. Um, it's a list that sort of evolved since Sydney Slaughter, which was the first time I really took something that looked like it. Um, and certainly my play style has evolved around it in that you, well, I'll go through the list and talk about it. So 
First off, it's it's easy if you break it down into three sort of composite parts. I've got my Tyrants of Blood, which feature one of each of the unnamed thirsters. So you've got Raptor Corn, who a lot of people are a bit sketchy on because he's not terribly killy and he doesn't have the best command ability in the world. But I think he's really great as an all-rounder. He's got good shooting attacks. He's good at killing heroes. And he's your anti-magic thirster. Then I've got my Insensate Rage, who is the one that everyone hates and I love because she does big explosions of damage. Um, big explosions should have been should have been bigger at some points, Matt. But you know, um, <laughs> statistically should have been bigger. Uh, uh, can we talk about statistics at, uh, at Masters? That would be fantastic. We'll, we'll, we'll get there, Reese. I'm sure we'll mention it once or twice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, and then I've got probably the most important in terms of actual mechanics is my Bloodthirster of Unfettered Fury. So he is the one that allows Corn to really participate and be a big player in the activation wars in that demon units nearby get to pile in six inches if he activates his command ability at the start of the combat phase. So in either combat phase, and I pretty religiously give him the Crimson Crown, which is a corn artifact which allows him to do that for free once per battle round, so you don't have to spend a CP. I think that's great because it's... I, I It is a rare time where he's on the battlefield where I won't use it once per battle round. So it's basically five free command points throughout the game. Um, in terms of other artifacts, I should say Skull Shard Mantle goes on the Wrath of Corn, which is just a two-up ward save. Um, that's yeah. just a consequence. Well, a two-up ward save against spells. That's just a consequence of him being in the Reapers of Vengeance sort of host. You have to take that on your first hero. Uh, his command trait, because he's also the general, gives him an additional unbind to the one on his war scroll. And as well as being at plus two to unbind, uh, if you roll a natural eight, not only is the spell unbound no matter what your opponent's casted on, but they also take d6 mortal wounds. So he's really great in terms of that anti-magic. Uh, the next part is just mortal supporting characters. So you take a Bloods Crater, and a Slaughter Priest. Uh, those guys, they buff corn units, not corn mortal units. So even in a demon list, I feel you have to find space for them. Um, and last is probably, probably an area where I, a lot of people will take Tyrants and a lot of people will take those buffing heroes. But I pretty religiously stuck with my opinion that Murder Host is amazing because it allows you to take everything I want, because I love Skull Taker. Um, he's really choppy when given the right circumstances. And uh, I take five units of Flesh Hands, who are just some of the best battle line in the game, in my opinion, point for point, because they're quick, and the Murder Host makes them quicker, because if they're near Skull Taker, he can add two to their run or two to their charge uh, every turn. Um, and yeah, they pump out decent attacks. They're really good at killing opposition battle line. Uh, well, when it doesn't have a three up rerolling save, 
because uh, they don't have rend, but they they do pump out a mass of attacks. And yeah, that's that's pretty much the list. You take the two hey, battalions. Do they, un- do they unbind spells too, Matt? Yeah, so that's that's the other point. Yeah, good point. So they they each unit gets an unbind, which that's is pretty huge. good. And then they also just reroll charges off their war scroll. So they don't need a lot of buffs to just be really good. So how many unbinds is your whole list? It's like 10 or more, is it? Something like that. Uh, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, just just the eight. Just but then the eight. if you get near the blood altar, which is our scenery piece, uh, you're minus one to cast. And if you're near the banner, you reroll successful casts. So the, there is a lot of anti magic in the list. Um, yeah, yeah, nice. Man, tell us about your stuff. Um, so yeah, I did a last minute choice of uh, army. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the list that earlier in the year that got me two good results the legion of blood list uh had changed with the new ghb and I, I felt it wasn't as competitive anymore um and then the list i took to sydney gt i'd made a 2000 point version of that um but i felt it was very limited in what it could do uh the whole army's fairly low saves and there's no rend so um i thought if i come up against slanesh they'd just they'd get locust and then they'd get white before i got to do anything um just stuff like that. I like this. This list probably won't beat Slanesh, and I knew there was going to be Slanesh there, so I wanted to give myself every chance to to actually win. Um, so that was that list was sitting there ready to send uh, to Clint um, in case I couldn't get the OBR army done. Um, but the OBR book come out. Um, looked at the the list, looked at the units, and thought, well. This army actually looks like it might be able to compete at Masters, thought it might be able to do um, quite well, um, and thought if if I'm playing against Slanesh, um, they might be able to survive a turn of from the Locust, like they might be able to survive being attacked first, etc. Um, so that's that was the main reason I, I picked OBR. And so I started building and painting the, the, the models and the units and... Um, I think it was two weeks into that process we had to submit lists and I hadn't even like I hadn't even built half my army or even painted a quarter of it and I'm like oh shit I've got to submit lists and I was stressing out about it so much and I was like oh I think I'll just submit my um grand host list and I was I was literally so close to doing that because I thought I'm not going to get this done but I decided nah bugger it I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the OBR I um looked through the book Worked out a list that I thought might do well. Um, just sort of math hammered it out a bit in my head and thought, oh, well, this this sort of list um, should do well. And so that's what I decided on without any games with it or anything like that. Um, submitted that list and then went about, finished building that list, painting it up. And I got a, I ended up with three practice games the week before Masters with that list. Um, the first two I got... got uh, I lost, and then the third one I'd, I won against Iron Jaws. But first, after the first two losses, I was a bit worried going into Masters that week, thinking, oh, shit, I've just lost to two guys from my local meta. And, 
Um, yeah, but when I played Iron Jaws and pretty much beaten him by turn two, I'm like, oh, actually, this list has got some legs. Um, so the list I went with was um, Petrifix Elite. Um, I went with the Liege... Liege... What's his name? Cavalos. Cavalos. I can't even think of it. Yeah. Um, so I went with the Liege Cavalos as my uh, general. Um, and he went when when you take Petrifix Petra Elite, you've got a command trait and an artifact you must take. Um, so I gave him the artifact, which was God Bone Armor. He gets to ignore the first wound suffered every every phase. Um, and the Mighty Arcosian gives him an extra two wounds. So in Petrifix Elite, he's a nine up save, uh, a nine wound model with a two up save. Um, and then I took. Um, Mortis and Bone Shaper, who heals heals three wounds to models around him or can bring models back with three wounds worth. Um, and he had the Artisan's Key artifact, which um, on a four-up he can do another three-wound heal. Um, he also had the spell Empower Naderite Weapons. So uh, my Mortet Guard are, are, have Naderite Weapons, which on a roll of a six, uh, they explode and give you an extra hit. Um, so the Empower Naderite Weapons makes that go off on a 5+. plus. Um, I also took a Mortis and Soul Mason, who had the... He has a War Scroll spell, which is reroll ones to hit, which is pretty good in the army, because they all... Most of the army hit on threes. Um, so rerolling ones means you, you're not missing a lot of hit rolls. Um, and then at the end of every hero phase, you roll a dice, and on a 1, nothing happens. On a 2 to 5, he can... Uh, attempt to cast that spell again, even if it's already been attempted that turn, that hero phase. And on a roll of a six, he can attempt to cast it D3 more times. Um, I never rolled a six for the tournament. I think most game, most times I rolled a, a two to five, so I've got to cast it again or try to. Um, you, rolled, you rolled a six in our game, but you then rolled a one. Oh, did I? Um, yeah, right. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I only got the one. Um, and then another Bone Shaper, um, which is the Healy guy. And he had Drain Vitality. So if you cast that on a on an enemy unit within 18, they have to reroll sixes to hit and they have to reroll sixes to save. So it can be really good for anything that has exploding sixes. Um, Slanesh, for example, with their mortal wounds and all that sort of stuff. And um, so that I, I, I actually never really got that spell off and I never really got within 18 inches with the Bone Shaper to get that spell off. Um, but it didn't. I didn't tend to need it so much. Uh, and then for battle line, I took three units of Mortec Guard of twenty in each Mortec Guard unit, um, all with swords because swords are better, and they have they naturally have an egg one rend. Um, and then in Petrifix Elite, there's a command ability you can spend a point and you get another neg one. So Mortec Guard can be a neg two rend um, battle line unit, which is really amazing um i took the mortec shield corpse battalion which um had in had the three mortec guard units and a bone shaper in the battalion uh the battalion lets you give one of those mortec guard units a free um shield wall every turn not not battle round so you, you save yourself two, two discipline points every battle round. Um, the Mortec Guard have a command ability on their war scroll called Shield Wall, which allows you in combat, 
you, it allows you to re-roll your save rolls. Um, so there are three up save re-rolling, which is really good. Um, took a unit of six Necropolis Stalkers. Um, these guys on paper don't look that great, but once you start adding buffs in, they're really good. So um, they they have two different weapons. Um, one of them is the Dread Falchions, which they got three attacks. They hit on fours, wound on threes. They're neg two rend, um, two damage. Uh, and then you've got Spirit Blades, which are five attacks each, threes and threes, one rend, one damage. Um, then they have a special ability where you can um, change the aspect that they're in. So you can have um, the Blade Strike aspect, which is reroll failed hits. Uh, you can have Blade Parry aspect, which is reroll uh, save rolls. Uh, Destroyer aspect, you can reroll wound rolls. And then the Precision aspect, which is probably what I use the most with the uh, reroll saves. But Precision aspect, you add one to your rend and one to your damaged characteristic. So Dread Falchions go to rend two, damage three, and the Spirit Blades go to rend two. Uh, sorry, Dread Falchions go to rend three, damage three. Uh, Spirit Blades go to Ren 2, damage 2. Um, and then if you want to spend another command point, um, discipline point, sorry, the Dread Falchions are Ren 4 and the Spirit Blades are Ren 3. Um, so they pretty much mince through any unit in the game that is affected by Rend or... Um, yeah, they just... The, the damage they can do. And then um, I had... Uh, three endless spells. I had Bone Tie Shrieker, which you can cast with wholly within 18, I think it was. Um, and then every unit wholly with, uh, not wholly within, any enemy unit within 12 inches of that endless spell is plus one to hit from my my army. So made those stalkers hitting on twos or the their big weapons hitting on threes. So if you could get the spell off to reroll ones, they were barely missing any attacks and then they're wounding on threes so i think on average like their their damage outputs in the mid 40 wounds range per battle like per turn and with the amount of rend and they're not saving it they just wipe any unit they sort of run into um then the nightmare predator it's a just a damage endless spell you cast it you pick um an enemy hero to be the prey uh, it then moves 2d6 and any enemy units it finishes within three of uh, within three inches they take d3 mortal wounds if it's the prey he takes d6 mortal wounds so it's not a bad little spell I didn't use it a lot because it's a short range to cast I think you got to be wholly within eight and then it moves 2d6 so it's very random um, and it means you got to have your your casters up the board sort of near combat which I don't like to do too much um, and then I had the Soul Stealer Carrion, which a lot of people don't like, but it actually came in handy against Matt's game. Um, I think that was actually the first, might have been one of the first games I actually used it for the tournament. But um, it's a handy little spell. You can cast it from anywhere on the board, um, and it's got no no range to it. So I think against Matt, I was I was literally on one far side of the board um, on the six inch uh, the six foot board to the far right and I cast it way over to the far left in into a combat that I was in um, and how it works at at the end of every phase um, that a model was slain within six inches of it you roll a dice on a wonder on a wonder one or two you heal one one wound to the the hero that casts the spell 
the wizard. On a three to four, every model, every unit within six inches that's in the enemy um, takes one mortal wound. And on a five to six, every unit takes one mortal wound and you get to heal one wound to your, your wizard. So it's not a bad little spell because you can combo it up. Um, so the hero phase, I I use my um, bone tithe nexus to do a mortal wound to one of his dogs to kill it next to the bird. And then the bird pulsed at the end of the hero phase and did one mortal wound to... I think there was probably three units around it at that stage. Um, just did one mortal wound. It's not a lot, but it all adds up. Um, and then I think in that combat phase, I had stalkers there that had killed a model or two. And um, so the same thing happened again, just another mortal wound. And I think it, it kind of killed a few dogs and I think it killed off his skull taker or whatever it was in the end because it had one wound left. Um, so, yeah, it's a good little endless spell. Um, so that that's my whole list right there. i, I got a Bone Tithe Freaker, uh, Bone, Bone Tithe Nexus, which is um, the army scenery piece. Um, it has some special rules, which I'll quickly run over. Um, it has four in the hero in your hero phase. You can pick one of four special rules. Um, one, the first one is a twenty-four inch, no, eighteen-inch bubble. I th- and you pick a unit within 18, and on a 4+, plus, it's neg 1 to hit. Um, the, another one is on a 18-inch, wholly within 18 inches, on a 4+, plus, that unit is can't run, and when it charges, you only use 1d6. Um, and then another ability on a 2+, plus, but it's a 36-inch bubble, you pick a unit, um, and that unit you can just give it one mortal wound, takes one mortal wound on a two plus. And then the last one is on a two plus, you pick another unit wholly within 36 inches. Uh, well, it's a wizard, sorry. Um, and that wizard is then neg one to cast, neg one to unbind, and neg one to dispel, um, which is, I found it really useful in games against uh, wizards. Like, I think my first game against Jordan, he had uh, Rodigus in his list, and Rodigus is damage spells and all that that he had go off on a seven. So he was then needing eights to cast and he kept rolling sevens, I think for three turns, he rolled sevens to cast and he was, he was getting a bit shitty about it. But um, yeah, it's actually, it can be really handy. Um, but yeah, so that's my whole list um, and, and how I come about taking it. Um, yeah. So. Wow. That sounds super strong. <laughs> Everything yeah. like everything about that list is just like you know you get re-rolling, you got your re-roll ones, you got plus you know you're hitting on twos, you got two up saves, you're just negging negging casting, you just got all these options. Just like, yeah. across the army, it's yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's right, my army doesn't run the battle shock at all. Yeah, um, just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. Um, as I said, like that. The discipline points, they're, they're really valuable in this army. So you really have to, like I think even against Reese and then against Matt, I was sitting there, I was working out how many points I had left and like I need, like I was, I'd say, I think I was even saying it out loud most of the time. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to give that unit there an extra point of rend. I need to give that unit a shield wall. And, and I was working out how many points I had left each turn and what I could spend. Um, so it actually, it, it, it's more difficult than it looks. Like a lot of people say, "Oh shit, you've got seven command points every every battle round," but they disappear really quickly. Like 
what makes the army good is those those points, like each unit, yeah. what yeah. makes it good, and you just burn through them, yeah. So the way to what get rid of... Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, the way to um, stop those points is to kill the heroes? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much. So it's it's pretty much Achilles, Achilles' heel of the army is the is the heroes pretty much like like a death army. Any like death any army death will. army, yeah. yeah, yeah. But look, it'll still function pretty well. Like uh, <clears throat> each unit is its own hero almost, so it can still yeah. function quite well with um, without its heroes, but they definitely, definitely boost the army. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Well, um, do you guys want to take a quick break there and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more Age of Sigma Masters? And we're back from the break. So we're just going to talk about, um, so when you guys saw the lists, who did you guys think was going to win the tournament? Reese. Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a tough tough crowd. A lot of the, all the lists were really powerful going into it. Um, uh, but based on initial reactions, I mean, obviously I was going to win, but I mean I can't bet <laughs> on my own horse. <laughs> no, um, I have to say the breaking down the top three for me would have definitely been would have been Tyrrell with his OBR because it was straight along the lines of what the army does best. Uh, the only worry thing I had at the time was the Stalkers, but they paid dividends the entire weekend, from what I heard. Uh, the second list would have been Joel with his Slanesh, because it was the only Slanesh at the, uh, the list. He was running a super mobile Godseeker army, so it really played into the missions that we got in the in the draw. Uh, and the last one would have been the um, uh, uh, Chuck, Chuck with the Skaven. With yep. double double plague mod, double bell, uh, all the toys, just pushing everything up the table with the soft screen bridge. It it just it seemed to have enough of the bells and whistles to push forward and take the victory. Cool, nice. What about you, um, Mr. Campbell? Um, I was fairly open beforehand. I I saw the amount of chaos that was going to be there. I saw. Ash, who's an awesome general, and he had his devoted. I didn't think a lot of people would have fully grasped how mean they can be to chaos, uh, being as racist as they are. And <laughs> I, I backed him, and then he proceeded to play pretty much order throughout like the entire weekend and got yeah. his butt kicked. But yeah, yeah. I, I was I was fully ready for the devoted meta. He actually lost every game. He had, the only game he won was um, his forfeit. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, he kicked Kyler's ass. Cadbury got oh, stomped. Oh, he didn't that was even in the bother last showing game. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was the last game. Yep. <laughs> no, they didn't even. No, win no, no. The that last that game, was though. no. That was the first one. Oh, that's right. But yeah, he bashed his opponent game? so hard the opponent didn't show up. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler knew. Yeah. Uh, so that. That was a bit unfortunate for Ash. So, do you so have a top three? It was a super three? fun list that he bought. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Did I, you have a top three, I mean, Matt? Or? Uh, you know, other than that, I was looking at Kerr. Um, just because history with him, he always finds a way, seemingly. 
But uh, Jetstar had our back, um, <laughs> or whoever he flew with. But other than that, I mean, I didn't know what either of your armies did because Reese just made his up and the Mayor's was 20 seconds old by that point. Uh, well, it was basically darted a ball board, really. Yeah, I. Uh, those those were the two I was looking at. I was like, head said Kerr, heart said Ash. That was about it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, my um my top three. I had uh, I had Joel McGrath pegged as the winner, like with Slanesh, and I know how well Slanesh has been doing in the meta, and like I'm like he can't lose, and then for him to lose the first game, we're at lunch on the first day, and I'm like. Dude, I had you to win this whole tournament, and you've lost. And then, and then he lost his second game in a, like he lost his first two games. I'm like, holy shit! Like I had you as number one, and um, yeah, and he, then Slanesh had lost the first two games. Uh, and then I had uh, I had Matt Campbell for second, or you know, right up there. Um, and then same thing, going to lunch day one, Matt had lost his first game, and I'm like, I'm like and I, the top two that I had picked for the tournament had lost their first two games, and um. Yeah, it was ridiculous. As, as Ash informed me, that was predestined, though, because um, if you look back, whoever wins KenCon always loses their first game at Masters. Yeah. It's tradition. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, and my third, I, I think I had Dave Kerr as third, um, just for, I knew what his list could do because I play Ogres as well, and I knew it was quite had some good um, mortal wound output and all that sort of thing, and and it's hard to kill. Um, so I, I had him pegged as third, and same thing going to lunch day one. He had missed his first game because he uh, rocked up late, and um, so yeah, my top three had all lost their first game <laughs> at lunch yeah, time on day one. An hour and a half late, the poor guy. Like it's it's so rough. It's just one of those things. Like unfortunately, with you know, flights getting screwed over and accommodation and phones. And, and it was just one of those series of unfortunate events with that poor guy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah so he really had actually, yeah. he got to the yeah. airport. He had a late night flight and um, I think it was meant to be like midnight and it yeah. never, it was like five hours late. He didn't get into Melbourne till like 5 a.m. So he went yeah. straight to his room and passed out on the bed and didn't wake up until <laughs> I think the, the round had already started when, him and Tyler um, decided to wake up, and so by the time they got there, it was already too late. Like we were trying to ring them, like, "Well, where's Dave? Where's Dave?" And we we're trying to—I was trying to ring him on Facebook and on Messenger, yeah. like, "Where, where is he? Like, he needs to get here." And because we didn't even know if they'd made it, because we neither, no one had heard if they even made it to Melbourne. So we're like, well, "Oh, no, I, kn- I knew Tyler had made it to Melbourne because I saw him at the airport the night before." Oh so right, I, yeah, like, okay. Her, I sort of oh. understand. Tyler wasn't sure about, as it actually turned out, I think Tyler was Kerr's alarm clock. And in terms of reliability, Tyler is not exactly right up there. I love the guy, but, um, yeah, no, he, he wouldn't be my alarm clock. The, yeah, the, I was talking to, I was talking to, uh, to Cadbury on the, uh, on the, the Saturday night, and what had happened was uh, Kerr had turned his phone off for the flight, so he hadn't actually hooked it back up to the internet. Uh, so his phone never resynced. He had the alarm set at everything set to go forward, but his phone hadn't changed to daylight savings. So he was an hour behind with that. And Tyler had his alarm clock backed up on his phone, and he set up his mobile data and everything, but because he'd 
turn on his mobile data and to reset the time and to check Facebook and to make sure everything was good. His phone died overnight. Uh, so what is with Queenslanders in technology? It's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was yeah having good yarn to them. It's just it was one of those things where it's like this is it's just it's, it's bang after but like five hour delay on a flight. Both their phones fuck up for oh, excuse me sorry for the mm. language uh, screw up for uh, alternate reasons. And everyone tries to contact them and just couldn't get through because yeah it was just uh, I feel I feel so bad for the guys but unfortunately the 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 call had to be made after I think it was forty five minutes or something by the time uh by the time uh the dwellers boys had to sort of put a put a line in the sand which is unfortunate for those gentlemen to miss out their first round but yeah the, it's just... the thing that the thing that mainly hurt them I mean. Cadbury was gunning for the wooden spoon the whole time, so that was fine from him. But yeah. um, I think <laughs> oh yeah, he, he took he took the loss because of that reason. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only reason. When when I say that Kerr is hurt by it, he's a big boy. He he got over it fairly quickly. But I mean, in terms of his strength of schedule the whole weekend, because yeah. it meant he played someone who also lost, and then he was he was playing down the whole time. So for those yeah. who don't know, strength of schedule means as a tiebreaker for Masters, they were going off the success of your previous opponents. The idea being that, you know, if you stomped, well, you know, it's 10 of the best players in Australia, so there's no easy win. But yeah. if you, it's it sort of acknowledged that beating the guys in, first, second, third, fourth was more impressive than beating the guys in sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, for instance. So yeah. that's what it was based on. And although Kerr managed to get three wins in the end, same as me, uh, I think it hurt him that his two losses were, well, one against Reese, but his other loss was against Ash, who, as we said, has had a tough tournament. Same. He had oh, Smorgan. Yeah, Sam. yeah, he had Smorgan. Ash had uh, yeah. Capri. Ash had but, Wallace, um, yeah. My losses were against you two. So that meant yeah. that, you know, they'd sort of acknowledged that strength of schedule, I finished just above Kerr uh, because of it. Yeah. And yeah. We, probably had, we probably had him pegged to win, like, uh, nothing against Smorg, but I think he... Dave should have won that first game too. Like, in, it, I think his army and the the battle plan had him winning that first game as well. So, for mm. him to be given the loss there, it sort of it would have hurt. Like, it really hurt his chances of winning the tournament. But, yeah, battle for the pass with an MSU army. Like, unfortunately, like Smorgan, he's got a lot of space to play behind the opponent. But, yeah, Dave Kerr would have just walked forward, sat on the objectives and told him to come to him. And he just didn't have the guns to take them off, back off it. It would have been yeah. pretty one-sided. I was so sad that I didn't get to play Smorgan in total commitment. <laughs> him having to slowly walk 20 blood tide oh. up the board towards me. He did not enjoy oh. that game. I came over and had a look. It was not going well. Yeah, I, was, I played uh... in the game before that too. Yeah. I was disappointed I didn't get to play Dave. Um, I haven't ever played Dave before at all, and to to become the master, it would have been good to be able to play the pre the the previous master and mm -hmm. to actually to beat him to get the master would have been great. But 
as it worked out with him. I think if he hadn't missed that first game and he won it, I'm I'm sure we would have played each other over the weekend. But just the way it worked out, I sort of never never got matched up with him. But that, that's a good point. I kind of feel like your win is null and void now. <laughs> <laughs> but does that mean it defaults to second? Who was second? I mean, um, clearly they obviously deserve it. If that's the case, I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure it just goes to third at that point. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Second place was a fake, a fake army. So he's just yeah, yeah. yeah that's you have to end in your army book at the end, and <laughs> I have an army book. Uh, I, I have it. It's just because it's printed off in a laminate folder. Doesn't is make it, it any less valid than anyone else. Crayon or like <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I slip out the war score cards depending on like what I'm playing against. It's fantastic. <laughs> cool. Well, you guys all, you know, being such a small tournament at Masters, um, there's a good chance that you guys all played each other. Did you guys all play each other at the tournament? We did. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Reese and Matt were the first to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to go through, just qu- quickly go through that game with us? I'd rather not. Yeah. yeah. yeah so Matt, Matt can uh, lead off on the game, and then I'll tell you guys how it actually happened. And uh, we'll sort of, sort of somewhere in the middle is what actually uh, what went down. Oh uh, no, it was um honestly going in, getting the draw round one against such a competent opponent. Really, uh, honestly, it worried me going into it because I knew Matt was a fantastic uh, player, and from what I've heard, it was a really good bloke on the table. So just to, just to sort of jump in the table, so I was a bit of nerves going into round one. Uh, we racked up and sort of shook hands and just started the banter early, which has definitely helped a lot to make the game just what it was, which was just fun rolling dice and just sort of seeing what the result was. Um, in terms of the mission, it was, uh, it was uh, Border War. Uh, Border War or Battle for the Past, sorry, uh, round one. Uh, do you want to go over the first couple of turns, Matt? Uh, yeah, so basically I I went into the game pretty much having made my peace. Uh, I I really don't like fighting shooting armies who have, like, no reason to come and get me. And with this scenario, there was no real urgent reason for Reese to come get me. Uh, so I, I knew I would outdrop him, so I gave... I think I took the first turn. Uh, one to one to get onto the objectives and sort of create a line against his Kadai. Uh, but secondly, to get in range of my Wrath of Corn Thurster uh, of his casters, which I did because I wanted those plus two to unbind to really make it difficult to get Soul Screen Bridge off. Because I knew if Reese didn't get the bridge off, it was going to be really difficult with his move four dwarves to get out and take the objective from me. Uh, unfortunately, Reese uh, rolled his spell off with his Slaneshi Harp Lady. Um, and he... Uh, mirror Lady. Mirror Lady. Mirror Lady. That one. Uh, and he got the spell off on a seven but then decided to re-roll it anyway because of my plus two to unbind and then got a 10. And then I rolled the dice to unbind it, got a natural six, which would have been an eight, which was enough to stop it 
before he re-rolled it, but not enough subsequently. So unfortunately, Reese got it off and essentially just ground my army out with all the shooting. It pretty much went as I thought it would go if I couldn't stop the bridge. Yeah, the uh, the game sort of very much devolved down from there. Is with Matt going for the uh, he got priority turn two, pushed all his demon print, all his uh, bloodthirsters up that were uh, uh, a lot of them. They'd already taken a bunch of wounds on the deaththirster, a bunch of wounds on the uh, on the uh, the dispel guy, uh, and a couple of dog units had already been taken out. They managed to quite hardly chew through all the Kadai, uh, but they lost. Uh, both the wounded demon, both the wounded bloodthirsters, and the next guy got shot off the next turn. Going into turn three, he had uh, a unit of dogs and two characters left on his back objective. Uh, I got the double turn, and uh, oh, unfortunately, not, where the not, game was. Not so, Reese. I also had yeah. Skull Taker, who had just absolutely oh, ruined yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine's day. Oh my goodness, <laughs> was that was fantastic. Where um, yeah. we were basically measuring it out to see if Reese could take an objective on the far side with his Skullcracker, or at least stop me scoring it. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I can get Skull Taker in, but ended up him not being able to get in. So to sort of end the argument, Skull Taker decided to walk up to an unwounded Thomas the Tank Engine and just absolutely one-shot it. He just is 12 wounds. I know one. Does. I have 11 wounds and it died. It was just fantastic. Absolutely smashed him. And the best thing about it was both my Bloodthirsters had died, who were right next to Skull Taker, and the Kadai and the Train had died. So Skull Taker was just stood in the middle of the board, like holding his skull and his sword with about 15 inches circle around him, just nothing left alive. I, I was happy to lose the game from, yeah. from that point. Uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a fantastic end to that game. Unfortunately, with the double turn, it meant that poor Skull Taker, he got uh, shot off the table and... Um, and then, yeah, he got shot off the table going into my turn too. Then I got the double turn and the back unit of dogs and his characters were just not enough for me to st swarm up the table and take everything off. But it was a, a phenomenal game and it, it was definitely one of those ones that was on the blade. Either, it was balanced on a knife's edge either way. If I had not played hard turn one for the recast, for instance, or if... Uh, if Matt had pushed harder with all the units and been a lot more like bullying me into the objective or just any number of sort of things that just were just slight tiny changes could have really thrown the game either way. And that's what you want from a game. You want a game where it's not just someone starting on one end of the table and then walking across the opponent. And I I think it was props. It was one of, it was probably my uh probably one of my favorite games of the entire event. It was just because Matt's a chill bloke to play against. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it too. I think the fact that it didn't swing either way massively early really helped it because I think if I stopped the bridge, I probably could have managed the game down because I made it yeah. fairly clear early that all my blood type were just going to be auto dispels after that. So the yeah, chaos boards were going to have to walk or run up the board. And luckily, none of Reese's dice went too hot too early. 
and just removed all my models in that shooting phase. So, yeah, it ended up being a really good game all round. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Awesome, guys. So, all right. So, who was next in line between the three of you? Who played each other next? Uh, Reese and myself played game four. Oh, on, yep. uh, yeah. On day two. Um, so, yeah, on the on the, the that Saturday night, we all went out for dinner. Um, matchups were revealed, uh, and I'd been matched up with Reese. Well, we kind of knew it was going to happen because we were both both on uh, th three wins each at that stage, the only two in the tournament on three wins each. Um, so we sort of knew it was coming. So the, the main thing that we were waiting to see was what the battle plan was going to be. Um, and it turned out to be Starstrike, um, which it's... I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of um, just random battle plans I, I hate not knowing how i'm going to play the scenario and how i'm going to get the objectives um or where they're going to be uh so anyway going to that game i was really quite worried about i knew reese's list had a lot of shooting um i i knew like i knew a lot of his stuff could put out a lot of damage um i knew one of his biggest threats uh his could which uh how many points is that unit reese 540 or something Oh, 480, yeah, but they're, they're useless in this matchup. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's so one of his biggest threats in his army um, with his Kadai, uh, fairly useless against Bone Reapers with their three up re rolling saves. Um, they you know, they don't do a lot of damage um, to them, but so but going into it, I knew he had his two cannons and he had a lot of shooting, um, which shooting OBR do suffer quite heavily to shooting, um, but. Uh, so going into the game, I knew I was out dropping him, uh, so I made him go first. Uh, he cast cast the bridge. I couldn't. I tried to unbind it. I don't even think he rolled that high, to be honest. I think he rolled like an eight or something, um, and it went off. I didn't unbind it, um, and I thought, oh shit, <laughs> not a great start. Uh, he moves up. He moved up his whole army up to the middle of the board. Uh, he got his Kadai up. He got his Thomas the tank up. Um, so everything was all across the middle of the board in his first turn. Um, he went on to shooting phase and he pretty much, I think he put everything that he could that was in range into one unit of more tech guard. Uh, I think he killed something like 12 of them. He rolled pretty well with his mortal wounds from the cannons. Uh, I think he yeah. rolled a seven, a seven and a five or something. Um, so I saved a few obviously to my death save, but. Uh, he did take out quite a few, um, and then that was pretty much the end of his turn. There wasn't much else he could do. Uh, he kept everything pretty much around that bridge, um, and, and probably to his disadvantage because of the way his army plays, but to my advantage is he kind of had to keep it all bunched up together. So it meant that I only had sort of one area that I had to move to, um, and with my army being... It can be quite slow at times. It kind of made it a bit easier for me to get to him. Um, so then in my hero phase, I had that unit of Mortec Guard. Uh, it was in range of two uh, Bone Shapers. So I brought six models back and I um, daisy-chained them up the board towards all his shit. Yeah, exactly. Got a couple of spells off. Um, proceeded to move all my stuff up the board. Um, 
yeah, going into my first turn, I got some good charges. I got some big charges off with my uh, stalkers up into his tank, his tank, and the uh, Kadai. And then I've got two units of the Mortec Guard where got them into his uh, his lines of war or the what do you call them? Yeah, shooty dudes. Um, uh, fire glaze, yeah. yeah, your fire glaze. And I got the other unit twenty into his his um, Doom Ball dude. Uh, so I, at the end of that combat phase, I'd managed to do a few wounds to his Doom Ball. I think I'd done. Oh, I think he had one left, didn't he? Had, yeah, one I, left after one turn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'd killed that a unit of ten fire glaives. I'd killed the tank quite easily with the with three of the stalkers, and the other three managed to kill. I think three of the Kadai or something. Um, oh no no! It was the two Falchions took the Skull Taker off in one turn, and just like with the uh, with Skull Taker and the four other guys killed seven Kadai on their own with their precision seven. strike. Yeah, yeah. and he also he tagged a damn terrain piece as well, so he was rerolling ones to hit with the Shrieker up. It was phenomenally rough. Like yeah, the game yeah. was the game was good. Unfortunately, I made really basic mistakes. Like I was a game again. I was worried about. But I put my Torak up really close to the army. It was like six inches away from one of his units after the move. Uh, same with the Kadaias. It should have been a 10-inch charge into the Skull Taker, into Skullcracker. And I put the Kadai slightly further forward and ended up being an 8-inch charge instead, stuff like that, uh, yeah. which definitely probably didn't change too much of the outcome. No, I think the I, rolled, I rolled an 11 for that charge with the Stalkers. But, yeah, as he says, like, if he hadn't have kept because you didn't need to push them up so hard because um, no, and there would have been less would have been attacked it would have been but it was yeah. just one of those things like I say la vie it's just you, you make mistakes in games and that it definitely got punished turn one and yes. I uh, think you were left you were left with uh, four could I five could I I think it was the tank was gone ten yeah. fireglass were gone and you yeah, doom ball on one whatever his name is on one wound um and kept him in the game. We we rolled for priority. He won priority. Um, and oh, and to note, the star came down right in the centre of the battlefield. Uh, so it was very difficult for him to take the star. So because the bridge was still up, he took priority. He um, re pulled all his units back through the bridge, back to where they all started the game, um, <laughs> which put them all out of range of me, uh, which was a bit annoying. Uh, and then he proceeded to... Shoot at that unit of twenty more tech guard. I think got him down to like three models left. Um, and I thought, oh shit! I thought they were going to die, but they they managed to survive. Uh, and everything else had. I think the Kadai stayed in combat with the stalkers, um, but everything else had ran back and ran away. Um, and then the, yeah, the, so at, and then you you do ball dude uh, went into those three three dudes and uh, failed to do any damage. Oh. And they. I three times and didn't wound it was so rough it was bad um yeah. and then they they proceeded to fluff as well i think i did one yeah. wound to you which you ignore anyway um yeah. so then i had priority turn then it was into my priority um i retreated those three out of combat and brought them back to near the bone shapers for the for the next turn to heal them um and moved the other unit of 20 up to charge into the doom ball and kill him uh, the Stalkers had then, they'd had another round of combat. I think he had one Kadai left um, yeah. by the end of that combat. And I had the other unit, a Mortec Guard, had gone right up the centre of the board and 
they'd gotten into his back lines that turn um, and took, the, took out. Se- yeah, second unit of screening fire glaze, but you'd already started tagging the big unit as well. Yeah, and then um, so I'd killed a fair bit of his army by the end of my turn two, um, and then going into turn three, we found out the we did the the other two stars. One fell down my far right back lines where we had neither of us were had any opportunity to get there really, um, and then the other one fell in the centre, but on his side, uh, we rolled for priority. I won priority, so we knew from there that um, it was game over. So we we called it. Um, at that priority role, there was uh, looked at. It was a good game, but there was no, there was sort of no hope there for Reese then to come back. Like anything he had that might have been able to score objectives was just going to die that turn, and then he was probably at best you probably might have had two of your cannons and epitome, and uh, maybe one your other character might have been left, and that probably would have been it. Um, yeah. left There's four models fighting down an entire OBR army. So we called it there. It was just one of those games where Matt played brilliantly and uh, a combination of uh, a number of different things ended up causing the game to just very much go towards his favour. Uh, and it was a matchup I was very scared of. Like I said at the start, I thought the army was one of the top three for the event, despite what Tyrrell was trying to tell me the night before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we, we 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 shared an Airbnb. So the night before, we were even um even that night we'd gone to bed and we were staying in the same room and we we're chatting about it and we, we'd probably we'd pretty much said it came down to who won priority turn two, but um it sort of it didn't pan out to that. Like I I was really worried about the shooting and I I thought I was gonna like I really thought he would have took off a unit or two in his first round of shooting, which um sort of failed to happen and then. Yeah, so it was quite a good. It was. It wasn't. A, I wouldn't say it was a good game because it ended so quick, but it was a good. It was a good matchup, and um, yeah, it was a. It was good to play against. I'd never played against Reese before, so it was. It was good. Um, I was giving him a bit of shit during the game. I think it was in uh, the first. <laughs> the first battle round. Um, we're giving each other shit, and and Nick Hone was sitting at the end of the table because it was the the top table at that time, and. He was sort of watching the table and making sure everything was going right, and he's like, "Oh, come on, guys, just just settle down a bit, just settle down." And you know, and we're, we're me and Reese are just giving each other shit, like we were, we're literally not, <laughs> we weren't, we weren't being serious, we we're just having fun. And like I was, I was like, I kept saying, "Oh, stop cheating!" Like I was telling him to stop cheating, and then we rolled for stop priority. making up rules. <laughs> we rolled for priority turn two, and um, I rolled my uh, Sydney GT dice, and I rolled a six. <laughs> Reese uh, <laughs> reaches across and picks up my dice and rolls it and rolls a six and because I'd let him go first in the first <laughs> round, he got priority turn two and and then in the turn in the turn three, um, he's like, I'm rolling. He wanted to give me his dice. And I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> you're not using my dice, so I didn't even roll. Well, oh, clearly he didn't want me to use the cop's dice. That's what it was. It's like he's obviously got this thing where the Sydney dice is rolling, which it rolled another six, by no, the no. way. I, oh. I used the um, I used the the malign important dice. Remember? I, I, oh I, yeah, it was too. Yeah. And Nick's like, oh, because you even I said to Nick, no, he's not using my dice, Nick. He said I'm not letting him. And then Nick's like, oh, 
oh, come on, guys. I'm like, nah. And I and then I'm like, nah, bugger it. I'll throw another dice in. And I'll throw another dice in. I think I rolled like no, I, grabbed, I grabbed one of your other malign quartet dice, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, and you rolled a skull or a, or a two or Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I rolled terrible. <laughs> so, it, was no, just, uh, it was just a fun little aside. Like, if you can't have banter like that at the table, like, you just, you're not going to have a fun game. Like, it was a great game start to finish. Like, Matt's a good opponent. He exploited the... Uh, both the weaknesses and the mistakes I made in the game, uh, and uh, ultimately, yeah, got got up really hard in that match for it. it was, and good on him for doing so. Very good. Well done. Sounds like you guys had a had a blast. That's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was good. It was good fun. Before we jump into the last game, which is a spoiler warning, uh, it's a mat off. Um, I want to very quickly jump back to my round three because this is a notoriously infamous scene that happened in the game that I want to address on a on a, on a public forum. We'll just <laughs> no, it was um I played I played Sam Morgan round three. Uh, we we're playing um uh, what was uh, not Blood and Glory, uh, Duality of Death. Uh, and the the mission objective, uh, obviously, you put a unit of battle line or a hero onto an objective, and then every turn you hold it, you get a battle point for doing so. Sam's army is pretty geared to this mission. Uh, mine's not as much, uh, so uh, he gets he has a million drops. He puts his army all on the table. By the time, like I finished deploying, by the time he's starting to set up units, so I take first turn to steal the objective. I push my character up on one. Don't quite get the run roll to get to the other. He puts his entire army down the table, uh, like just behind me with all the guns pointing at every direction. Uh, he puts a couple of shots into my my screening unit on the other objective, puts Tenable Chard onto that unit uh, after teleporting him over and like murdering some Chaos Dwarfs. Uh, he drops my, uh, my Torak who's holding the objective down to one wound. Uh, on turn one with all the canaries and all the everything going into him. And so we roll for priority with the basic idea. We both accepted that as soon as my Torok dies, uh, he's won the game because there's no way I can get across the table uh, with what I had. He'll just screen me up for five turns and I'll lose the game. No matter, because he'll reset my count on that objective even if I do win it. So... We basically agree. Uh, he wins priority. So we're like, yeah, that'll be game. We both can see this is what's going to happen. Uh, all you need to do, I just told him, like, listen, as soon as you shoot my Torok off the table, uh, we'll shake on it because because we both know what's going to happen. There's no point really playing it out. Like, his game, his arm is really well designed for this mission uh, with the way it's been set up. So going into battle round four, my Torok has survived... 16 separate armor saves or ward saves that have needed either a five or a six to pass <laughs> over those four battle turns. And I've gotten a double turn going into turn four, which helped me equalize going into that round. Uh, sorry, into round uh, two to uh, round two to three. Uh, so that helped me equalize, go one, two, three to his. I killed Tenable Shard uh, off the objective, which let me reset his count on that objective uh, and poor Sam was having the roughest game of his life because <laughs> I've just passed 16 armor saves almost not in a row but over the sequence of four battle rounds uh, the 16 armor saves or ward saves on a six 
each time. And he was just, he just keeps telling me it's, oh, this is one in a trillion stats. This is ridiculous. This is, you should have lost the game, all this sort of thing. And the poor guy, he just, he had the roughest time because of it. So I ended up clawing back a minor victory <laughs> because my Torque rolled 16 six plus armor saves. Jeez. That is essentially it. It was ridiculous. I played, I played him the next game too, and just to rub salt in the wound because it's oh, and it's yeah. funny. Uh, he rolled his dice for deciding which table edge we got, and he got a five. And then I went over and took Reese's dice, rolled it on the table, and rolled a six. <laughs> yes. Hey Reese, can I borrow a dice? Uh, sure. What for? I just want to beat Smorgan with it. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, and then my dice abandoned me whilst playing against Tyrrell because of that. I think that's karma. Like, let's face it. That's probably what I deserved at that point. But still, it was just one of those games where you couldn't make it up. Like, just I'm rolling dice. I'm rolling, like, even to, like, I understand obviously people have certain hang-ups or worries about things like with dice and things on the table but like i was rolling his dice i was rolling my dice i was rolling different batches just everything was every time there was a six coming on the table and it was just <laughs> rough as guts for him just to watch his victory almost guaranteed just slip through because of random chance yeah <laughs> so chris what uh, were you gonna say say about um reese and my matchup oh uh, i was just gonna say when I thought that um, one of the matchups went, I would have thought it would have gone the other way, is that I thought OBR, the weakness would be shooting, and then you play against Chaos Dwarves with all the shooting and mortal wounds at range, and they've got a big unit that can ignore your kind of high rend that you get through Petrifex in the Kadai, and he gets the bridge off turn one. I just thought that's going to be the matchup that beats the OBR, but clearly not, so... I tried, yeah. guys. I couldn't get across the line. <laughs> it's pretty rough for him in the end. I don't think I lost a, a single unit. I had, yeah, I had that unit of Mortec down the three, but um, yeah, it was a solid game. I mean, you should have lost that unit of three. Like, I'm just saying. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm never allowed to talk about averages ever again. So no. I can't even quote that. <laughs> yeah, Sweet. so. Shreem, uh, move on to the, the, the last game between the Mats, the Matoff. The Matoff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, to see who's superior, the 1T or 2T Matt. I the don't remember saying that. See, see who is the master Matt. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was part of our grudge at uh, Sydney GT. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wrote that stipulation down when you called me out. Uh, it, was, it, it, it was well settled before... Masters, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think that's done and dusted. I think this is, you know, nothing, nothing but death throws. I think the question's been reopened, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have a tiebreaker at some point. Yeah, I will let, uh, Matt, let Matt talk. You can talk us through the game. Well, maybe I'll talk us through the first bit, and then you talk us through the second bit because that's kind of how the game went. <laughs> Righto. So, um, uh, again, one of the big plus points of me taking two battalions is that I think I was among the lowest drops in the tournament. I think yeah. I may have been the lowest drops. I'm not sure. Um, at four. So I outdropped Matt 
and gave him the turn because basically he was i knew if i threw my stuff forward and then he had a turn whatever i threw forward was just die and what uh, was the battle plan we probably should oh mention. it was uh total conquest is it the total, total commitment total yeah. yeah total commitment that's the one Di slanted diagonal, diagonal deployment 18 inches apart uh four objectives yeah yeah that one um so uh, yeah basically gave matt the turn he deployed uh one unit of more tech guard on each of his objective and some characters around them then he had the stalkers forward on the left flank to go after my less protected objective to try and call one of my thirsters over basically so i couldn't just pump them all forward uh and then he had one more tech guard central to send up my guts which i told him before the game i was like i know that's bait <laughs> but you know even top table masters game five i am still a corn player so <laughs> let him move forward and i took the bait and so i went after it with the insensate rage fully buffed up he's uh i piled an attack twice he's 12 attacks all up twos re-rolling ones by twos six is doing four mortal wounds um and then ren to d6 damage that should be enough to literally kill everything in the game and it killed that unit of mortec guard to the wound yeah i think oh, it anyway. literally did just enough wounds to kill him so then we rolled off priority and i got it which was huge because yeah. then matt's middle objective just had a unit of mortec and a couple characters on it and i was like here we go like surely because i chucked I'll forward just stop you there, Matt. I, I messaged um so i was i was in a group i'm in a group chat with the coach and liam burnett blue and um at that point that you won priority i i sat down i sat there and messaged him i'm like ah it's game over <laughs> I'm like it's all done i wish you'd said that to me at that point <laughs> not too late to go back and retrospectively say it you know <laughs> um but yeah as it turned out it wouldn't be because i sent despite sending two bloodthirsters and a unit of dogs up to that middle objective the dogs mostly just to try and take it which would have really made it hard in terms of points um i spectacularly bounced so unfettered fury went in once insensate rage again piled in an attack twice I didn't get my plus one to hit prayer off that turn, and that would be fairly crucial because when I rolled my first round of attacks, I was three three rolling ones to hit and rolled five twos and then rolled a one to wound. And so after all of those activations, I had killed three more tech guard. Out of, yeah, two bloodthirsters, three activations. So this is the thing. Matt got spectacularly unlucky when we played at CanCon. So we both agreed this made us even. Because <laughs> at CanCon, his zombie dragon should have eaten both of my bloodthirsters. And he, like, didn't do a wound. And at this event, averages not only would have dictated all the Mortec die, but also due to explosions, probably both the characters should have gone to. But nothing. Three, three Mortec died. And then he immediately healed them back in his turn. 
So oh. that that was that was rough. And then <laughs> then I basically just knew from that point I was like, I, I I'm not I'm not an unpetty man. I'm going to make this difficult for you. So okay. I, I pulled out all of the blood ties, charging in his turn, stuff like that, shenanigans just to make it go to turn five. But I just I just got grand down at that point. I just don't have anything in the army past the thirsters, which does enough damage with the Ren too. Like the flesh hands are great, but as we mentioned before, there's no Ren there. So as as we sort of touched on with Reese and his Kadai, if you don't have Ren, those Mortec and the Stalkers are not going to die. So yeah, then Matt just did everything right and slowly just like pressed the boot down and just ground the game out basically, as all death players should. <laughs> Catacross would have been proud. <laughs> I collected my blood tithe. He collected his bone tithe. Everyone went away happy. Yes, it was uh, a good game in the end. It was, um, yeah, I think it did go to turn. You kept winning priority. That's right. Like, just kept, kept you in the game right till the end. Um, uh, I had lost, I think I only ended up losing that one more tech unit um, in that first round. And I think after you piled in with your thirsters, uh, that unit of that unit of twenty guard, um, they took down your unfettered fury down to two wounds left, and they'd killed most of the dogs. And then I got priority, and those all the bloodthirsters that unit of dogs were gone that turn. Um, and then yeah, my stalkers had pushed up, and uh, this this game was the game I used um, my bone type nexus because he gave me first turn. I um I used it on his bloodthirster that was closest to my stalkers, and I um I made it uh not be able to run and only one d6 charge. So it kind of took him two turns to get that thirster across to where he needed it, which kind of um let my stalkers run up that far flank and um probably have a full turn longer than they should have on the board, sort of thing. And then um so that it. I kind of played it really well by by splitting his army, making him send his bloodthirster over there. Because if he hadn't have sent it over, they would have took that objective easily. Um, but he might have then took mine easily too in the middle. But it's what he had to do to to play the game. Um, yeah, yeah no, to was, be honest, my play was just going to be take that middle objective. We would end yeah. up having two each fairly yeah. quickly. But the plan was just that I would have two each or that I would have three versus one for one yeah. extra turn, which is all you need to do, really. I think yeah. that was the that was the thing I identified with the Bone Reapers is that the one really glaring weakness they have is numbers of units. Because yeah. you have four yeah. units that are hard as nails and they'll delete anything they touch and all of that stuff but you still really only have four scoring units. Um, so I knew that if I killed two, I wasn't going to lose. Oh, but sure. I just yeah. didn't manage to kill that second one. <laughs> yeah. And so I got grand out, basically, which is kind of, I think, what the game plan is for OBR, that no one does it better than them in terms of grinding people out. 
and yeah. yeah, just really solid. So yeah, that that was a really good game and a good way to end it. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. So at the end of the tournament, um, you three were podium. So we had Matt Matt crowned the new master, and we had Reese at second, and, uh-huh. and Campbell in at third for his third year in a row a podium at um, at Masters. So. Guys, congratulations on an excellent event and on your results for the year. You've all you all must be very, very proud and, and rightly so. Thanks for coming onto the show. It's been really awesome having you. Everybody come in. Get up in the pool. Get a little drink on. Get up in the pool. Hello everyone, and thank you for listening to Mortally Wounded Podcast. We'd like to announce that our custom dice have arrived and are available to purchase through our Facebook page. Just search for Mortally Wounded and Age of Sigma podcast and check out the details on our pinned post. With 10 vibrant colours to choose from, there will be a set to suit everyone. They are $15 Australian per set of 10 dice, which can be collected locally if you're in Sydney or Canberra and at an event either Chris or myself are attending or with $22 postage to anywhere in Australia and worldwide shipping costs $30. Payments can be made via PayPal, friends and family to chris.welfare1 at yahoo.com.au. Place your order quantity and names of the dice sets you desire along with your name and shipping address if postage is required. Please see our post for more details. Thanks again for listening and now back to the show. Get in that motherfucking pool. Get up in the pool. Get up in the pool. Yeah, just uh, moving on, guys. Like, just want to run around you guys again, just thinking about your list and where you want to go next, next year, if you want to make any changes, whether you're going to start a new army or anything like that. What are your thoughts, Reese? Yeah, so um, I mentioned a little bit earlier, but uh, Fire Slayers is actually the army I'm going to be using going forward because I've come up with a, a painting style and a like I, I play competitively on the table, but I like to really dive into the lore and the hobby side of the army when I get a chance. So I've picked out a really cool scheme and a sort of like a a, a fluff for the army that I want to build for Fire Slayers. And uh, I'm really sort of leaning hard into them at the moment. So I'm going to put the Chaos Dwarfs on the shelf for a couple of months just to sort of play them around, take them to CanCon, you know, get some Mohawks to take people off the table. Um, it's just, and I'm really keen. I'm really keen for that because the army plays very differently to the gun line I was before. It's all about holding objectives, zoning out the opponent. It's it's just a very different play style that I'm really keen to sort of explore. Um, and after that, the next army I've got is actually a really, really fun conversion army I have planned. It's going to be a 12-month process, but I'm actually building what I'm referring to as a Fectonia list. So, Ooh, the, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically what I'm doing is I've bought a, about 4K worth of Bretonian, old Bretonian models from a friend of mine. I'm going to strip back and start converting. And the idea is I'm going to run them as a flesh eater courts army, and I'm going to take every model that represents something in the uh, Flesh Eater Course book uh, and represent it on the table with a converted Bretonian army to represent them in the thralls of their own delusion whilst on the table. So, for instance, I'm going to have the knights, quote, quote, unquote, knights, 
of the army running around as horrors, and I'm going to take the heads off, put a ghoul on, take the take the body off, put it on a black knight horse, uh, take the lance, maybe snap the lance in half and add like a a uh, like a, a body all it and paint it all up in the old fantasy Muselon theme, which is yellow and black with a like a dirty feel to it. Yeah, uh, and yeah, put it all on round bases, convert it up as much as I can, and even a couple of friends of mine suggested doing the half and half split. So cut the model in half and put half of it as a horror, half of it as a knight. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the conversion for that is going to be really hard. I don't know if yeah, I will go with that. Tough. <laughs> that's yeah, but, <laughs> but even one or two in the army, just as like sort of cool things, just to put at the back of the army, people pick it up and go, oh, it's a bit, turn it around, oh, it's a horror on the other side. Mm. It's just, you know, funky little things like that. But it's, it's something I really want to explore as a hobby thing, is see how I can push an army on the table as a hobby aspect. Yep. While still maintaining the integrity of what the army represents, it's yeah, it's yeah. just sort of because obviously there's people people have been complaining the past couple of months about armies that represent one thing when they look like they're another, and you know proxies and arguments. I understand there was some drama CanCon or something. Like I don't tend to, you know, I just sort of try to stay out of that side of things. But I understand obviously that is an issue some people face. Uh, and I really want to make that army sort of go past that and make it less derivative of a, oh, this is a proxy army with mild conversions to a, this is a hobby project that I've worked on to bring it to the table to really uh, enrich the experience for both myself and my opponent once it's put down on the table, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about language yeah. now. We're talking hobby now, so that's good. <laughs> I, think, I think that would yeah, be Yeah, I just cool. want to yeah, move away from the competitive side of things a little bit, like yeah. in terms of I want to play the most optimized list and just put something on the table, like with the fire slayers. They're still hard, but I'm doing it because I want to paint a scheme and I want to create a narrative, less so than take people off the table. Uh, same with the Fictonia list. I want to put stuff on the table that I've put work and effort into less than if it's the best option, for instance. Yeah. Ah, that's awesome, bro. Cool. Well, what about you, Matt? Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Campbell, what are, you, what are your future plans for your list or going forward? Um, well, some of these, you know, more morally flexible players are willing to switch between allegiance. But, um, <laughs> you know, someone's got to keep flying the flag and fighting the good fight for corn. Uh, so I, that's probably not going to change anytime soon uh, in competitive tournaments. I've been waiting. Yeah, I mean, up. Pat Nevin's always going to be showing up with a list, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah, Pat Pat plays corn wrong. Too many mortals. No, no, bloodthirsters. He's going to be so mad at me now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I've been toying around in terms of, hobby thinking with the new Slaves to Darkness release. I oh, thought yeah. it was really cool that Bellacore is still part of it. So oh. I might make a meeting engagements army with Bellacore, maybe with like a puppet Chaos Lord, <laughs> thinking that he's going to be like the new Ever Chosen, because <laughs> Bellacore's telling him he will be. Uh, and that follows really coolly into that uh, sub-faction where everyone gets a command trait. I like the idea of having, like, 
five other heroes and Bellacor has told them all you're in charge you're going to be the ever chosen <laughs> um, oh that's amazing so that that's probably going to be the short-term hobby goal but uh well short to long term but yeah i definitely think keep flying the corn maybe expand into beasts i've always said there's something there with uh beastmen in a corn army or yeah what whatever they're supposed to be called beasts of chaos that's it um and yeah may maybe even looking at mortals but i don't want to step on pat's toes too much <laughs> no, that um, sounds cool man i love that idea that's good the bellicose just, stuff sort of, awesome. just sorry so just to go on a very quick tangent with what you're saying with slaves of darkness uh the rumor for a long time was that bellicore would be getting a plastic kit uh with the slaves to darkness uh book and when that didn't get announced i was super sad because i'm like oh my boy is not going to make it into the book uh it's just going to be we're going to lose our undivided demon prince and one of the best models in the range um and to see him repping in all the glory in the book with his new war scroll is fantastic and the law that you've done to put him into the ravages list to just oh the ravages or just spoilers i think it's ravages is the command trait one yeah just to see him the way you've done that and built that up i think is fantastic and hilarious and i'm really keen to see it on the table man that sounds awesome I may even do a spell with them. Maybe. Ooh, heresy. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, not not with my corn. I'm not that guy. I'm not. I'm not bringing Archeon and going. It's okay because it's Archeon. It's not okay. You know what you've done. <laughs> How as In good is Archeon with a locust now? By the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's a bit. He's going to be quite pricey now. So you, you basically are not running any Allegiance other than Archaeon Allegiance at this point because mm, you're just mm, getting mm. him, Battle Lion, and the buffs. Yeah. Yeah, so um, my plans for next year with uh, armies, um, it's actually a funny feeling now that, like, I've so mo the last two years I've, I've really tried to take uh, the most competitive list I can think of um, that's not the meta. Um, so I really don't enjoy playing meta armies. Um, so I've, I've, that's why I really enjoyed my Legion to Nagasha. The Legion, like the Legion of Blood and that, I tried to build it different to most meta armies and tried to try to make my own meta um, with it. So I really enjoyed that. So going forward this year, um, now that I've got an auto invite to the next Masters, I don't need to... I don't need to qualify for Masters again, so now I can sort of, I can take the foot off and um, sort of enjoy my my tournaments a bit more and and take go down the the hobby line a lot a lot more. Like um, so, before Masters, I had planned to build this OBR army and take it to to CanCon, but um, now that we're seeing um, the meta changing and. I've I've heard so many stories of how many people have taken OBR to CanCon and and just some of the just some of the feedback I've had and like I've seen I've played guys here locally with with the list and you you kind of see your opponents not not loving their game so like when you when you play a, a whole game and you've only lost one unit for the whole game like your opponents only killed one unit it it can be a bit down putting for them and, and then as an opponent 
you don't feel that great about it. Like, oh, I don't. I, some people enjoy that, but I, I don't enjoy that side of, of gaming. I, I like For my For the record, stuff. Matt, when, when I didn't enjoy our game, that was purely personal. The army's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but the Masters was different, obviously. Um, everyone expects Fear to take the best list going and... Um, you know, if you take filth, you take filth. But at that stage, I didn't know my list would be filth. Um, as I said, I, I built the list and, and and submitted it before even playing a game. And two weeks into the book release, there was no results for the army. So I didn't know how it was going to perform. But so going forward, yeah, I, I think of, um, I'm going to drop the army for CanCon. Um, I want to play, I want to take, a, I'm thinking I'm going to take Nighthaunt. I've had night haunts like I did the show with you, James. Back, I oh, was it might have been early last year when Night Haunt came out. Was it last year? I think it was. Um, or yeah. Was it this year or last year? Yeah, it, was... no, it wasn't this year. It was definitely last year. Yeah, it was last year. Uh, yeah. Um, we did the Heralds of War, the the book release, um, the Battle Tome review of uh, Night right, Haunt. Yeah. yeah. And um, I got super excited about the army. I love the models. Like, I still think they're. Cool. The, some of the most yeah. beautiful models going um so yeah going going forward i've got this army that i've pretty much painted it all up already and i, I don't have a lot left to do um so i really want to take that to cancon I'd, I'd like to go and try try and compete for a painting nomination for it i don't i don't think i don't think i'd ever win a competition with painting with it but i'd just like to get the nomination um and sure i want to try and, <laughs> I, I want to take a list that so an army that's not the meta, um, it's very far from the meta right now, but I, I want to try and take it and do well with it. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't think, personally, I don't think Nighthaunt is where it could be. Um, and I don't think it's competitive enough to finish. I don't I, I don't see it going five and one at CanCon. I think at best I might go four and two. Um, I talked to Ash McEwen about that, mate. He did great with them last year. <laughs> he did. Look, there's still people like there's people that can play it really well. Um, and if you get the right matchups during a tournament, you'll do really well with it. Um, and the right battle plans. But I, I just see there's a lot of weaknesses with it. Um, just from looking at the army. Um, but yeah. So and the other thing is uh, I've noticed now this week. Um, the new White Dwarf coming out. They've got some battalions coming out for Nighthaunt um, in the next White Dwarf. I think there's three yeah. new battalions. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of fingers crossed that they might get a decent battalion that I can use um, for CanCon. And then moving forward, like it's kind of a positive note to see that they're actually giving them battalions. They might have something in the works for them. I don't know. be nice to see some rules changes um just just some certain little things like i think like lady Hollanders, her command ability it was she can't use it unless she's the general and that was sort of a book that was out before the new version so um if they could just tidy up some some things like that where she could still use a command ability if she's not the general or just little bits and pieces like that i think the army like I really like the army and, and what it can do. Like I like it's it's being able to go into the underworlds and it's ten plus charge. It can attack in the charge phase. Like I think stuff like yeah. that can be that can mm, be mm. it can sort of you know you you you're winning the activation wars because it's not even in the combat phase. Um, 
and the and the other command ability where you can just pick up a unit and from one side of the board and bring it to your general and yeah. just little bits and pieces like that. I just want to just try and have a bit of fun with and um and, and try some different things. Um, I've also got a few other armies that I want to play. So I really want to look for. I want to try and play uh, every Grand Alliance this year, uh, next year. So I've got. Um, so I've got. Yeah, I've got. I'll obviously play Death like Nighthaunt. Um, but I'd like to play a more Tribes Army. At some like I've got all the models. I've got. It's already painted. All I got to do is put it on the board. Um, so more Tribes. So there's Destruction. And then I've got an Ideneth army that I've half painted. I'd like to finish that off at some stage. And then I've also got uh, Nurgle, um, like a Blight, Blight King sort of Nurgle list that I really want to try as well. So it'd be really cool to be able to play every Grand Alliance for the year. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my, my plans going forward. Um, I'm not... At this stage, I'm not looking to be super competitive this year, um, but I, I want to have a lot more fun with my hobby and and just take take lists that I want to try and build to be competitive, but is obviously different to the meta. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I hear with Nighthaunt because um yeah, I've, I've decided to go down the Nighthaunt path for a little while as well. So yeah, I took nice. them to took them to the Runax Team Championships and had my best pers- like my personal best for the, like the whole year <laughs> at Runax. Yeah, yeah. I went four and one with a like, you know, sort of a hodgepodge night haunt lids with all my existing models. But um, yeah, I had heaps of fun with it, and I'm gonna keep going down that path. I've just finished painting Lady Alinda today. Yeah, um, oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm moving on to the black coach now. So yeah, oh, I cool. want to get some blade guys ready uh, for if I can for CanCon. But um, I'm really taking taking my time. I'm not gonna try and rush things to get it done by a deadline. But um, yeah. I think. I think uh, if I can get the Blake Ice in, I will. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely be focusing in on this um, black coach and stuff. So yeah, man. Here I really, I really enjoyed painting the black coach. Like um, I documented my hours <laughs> as I started painting it. I think I I spent like thirty two hours painting it all up. Like yeah, wow. Well, um, yeah. And did it all in sub assemblies <laughs> and um. But look, I'm super happy with how it came out. It, it's it's I've won a couple of painting comps just locally at the store and you know, I, I really love how it's come out. And so were you playing Legion of Grief or Nighthaunt? I was playing Nighthaunt. Ah, cool. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I want to play too. Like Legion of Grief everyone takes, but I really yeah. wanna I wanna make I wanna make Nighthaunt good. <laughs> <laughs> make Nighthaunt great again. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you hadn't said it I would have or just great, or just, or just great. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, I, I, I feel like I think even Games Workshop sort of felt like they missed the ball with it too, considering they brought out Legion of Grief. Like, they, mm. I think they feel like they missed the missed the boat with the whole army. Like, the models were beautiful models, and but the book just mm. seemed to just be slightly lackluster. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's what my plans are for CanCon, um, and then moving forward for the year. What about, you? what about you, Chris? Um, I'm carrying on with the Seraphon. I like I put so many hours into painting like three and a half thousand points worth of them for Sydney GT that I just can't shelve them. Um, so I'm just kind of literally as we speak working on some more um, some more additions to do some slightly different lists. So I've sprayed up some chameleon skinks um, with the color shift paints. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've got, yeah, I'm going to have a bunch of them. 
um and then adding some more source guard because i was kind of running a minimum eternal star host before so i'm going to run a bigger eternal star host and you know just in time for when there's going to be loads of armies around that have easy access to rend 2 on their uh, units when, <laughs> oh, when oh. i was so i was so used to just ignoring everyone's rend 1 and having yeah. my two up re- <laughs> two up rolling save and now it's just ruined but yeah. um yeah i'm just going to take that army cuz i like it and I want to get the whole army painted, so I uh, need to basically force myself to take it to a tournament to carry on painting it. But um, I just want to have the entire army painted and done, um, which I'm getting towards, um, and have loads of summoning options, summoning options and stuff. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Seraphon, and then there's a few different armies that I'm kind of toying with what I do next um, for the year, like Nurgle. I am i've been wanting to do for a while i just built i got a great unclean one as a um a wedding present actually from uh, one of my mates um, <laughs> so i uh just built that so i finally got like erotagus a combat one and then i just built that one with the bell and the bar blade so i've got kind of all three variants so if i wanted i could do the thrice fold but to be honest i think i want to do the menagerie list with um horticulus because the snail's awesome, and I also think there's a really good list there that no one's doing. Um, and yeah, like everyone knows, I like I like to do. A he's bit a of really a cool. List. Mo- he's a cool model. I've got him too. I just haven't got around to painting him, but yeah, I think I'll tell be you good what. Oh, sorry, keep going. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, you're right. I was going to say any list that has horticulus in it definitely has legs. Yeah. But, um, oh, Jesus. but no, yeah, the menagerie is. It looks fun. Also, I have to say, what now you that suck. Huh? No, shush. it was fantastic. You all love me for it. Uh, I have to say though, Chris, uh, having seen your army on Twitter over the past six months and stuff like, now that I'm actually on the podcast, because I haven't actually had a chance to bump into you at an event. The army looks phenomenal, dude. Like, I think you've like what you've done with it with the it's the rainbow scheme, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it looks really cool. It looks really striking on the table. And I'm keen to see sort of, like, what you do with the rest of the army moving forward. Unfortunately, yeah, it's going to get all rent off the table. But, I mean, who cares? It looks pretty when you're doing so. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm mostly just impressed you got Warhammer as a wedding present. I tried to do my registry through Games Workshop, and my missus <laughs> said it was inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, that'll be one. a top. That'll be the top highlighted in bold for mine. I think it's there's, there's no other group <laughs> that deserves to be at the uh, uh, at at any wedding that I'm at. <laughs> what about so, you, James? Um, yeah, just not, at the moment, Night Haunt for me. Yeah. Going uh, just to do what I can for CanCon, but I I have a secret project that I'm plotting and planning at the moment that. Um, is going to remain a secret for a little while. So yeah, I've got, I've got, I'm branching out into a new sort of style. I was going to say, I don't know about this. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's I don't want, to, I don't want to give away too much, but um, I'll be going into a different sort of style of painting next year. I've kind of reached a, a plateau in kind of what I'm doing at the moment, and I want to kind of start using some different kind of paints and uh, airbrushing and um you know enamels and oils and all sorts of stuff so i I've, I've been looking at lots of different tutorials and 
models and stuff, getting some ideas about a direction I want to take and also thinking about which army I will fully embrace that new style with. So it's yeah. OBR with Slanesh allies. I already know. <laughs> James's <laughs> new style is power gaming. Cause you know how competitive I am. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, I still haven't decided what I'll settle on, but for now it's just, it's Nighthaunt and I'll, I'll be gradually incorporating some elements of this new direction into into what I've got left to paint in that, but I I can't deviate too far into my into the new direction um, with because I still want to it still has to tie in with my existing army, so I'll be sort of phasing it in a bit. But yeah, next year will be a new hobby project, and yeah. yeah so we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a challenge then to see who can finish higher at Cancom with a night haunt. <laughs> um, uh, okay, let's do it. Yep. <laughs> I think I already know that who's gonna who's gonna win that one, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> but yeah, cool. challenge challenge accepted. <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. Should cool. I just take Night Haunt now? No. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> well, we were thinking of like Chris and I were thinking about taking the gash lists, <laughs> like identical we were, gash lists. We were gonna take the same list and see who did better. Yeah. Yeah. In, what, a, in a normal death army in like legions yeah. and gas oh, yeah. it's too expensive though isn't it? <laughs> like, well this is what this is long before obr was uh, yeah. right yeah, yeah. yeah. things have changed but, um, yeah <laughs> yeah cool, no, cool. So, well, yeah so next year sounds like everyone's gonna have fun and it's gonna be the season of change i think with every year which is cool for Matt. Matt except for Matt. yeah he, he well, won't um, he'll he'll he won't. As soon as he feels the lure of three stone horns again, he'll go back. But, um... Even you saying the season of change got me annoyed as a corn player. <laughs> yeah. But like talking about changes, um, you know, and you, Reese, talking about just sort of wanting to do a more narrative sort of thing. I know this is a competitive uh, podcast and stuff, and I'm going to throw my two cents in here. But, but uh, yeah, the dwellers have uh, put up a lot of uh, information today or recently about their narrative event uh, in May next year, I believe it is. So yep. there's a kind of a, there's a bit of a, a shift in the winds perhaps um, in that sort of starting to blow through the, the scene a bit, which I think is awesome being a, like a sort of a garage sort of gamer, narrative gamer at, at heart. Um, and yeah, I think it's um, you know, a new direction and some more options of different kinds of events that people can go to. Um, next year, I know uh, Sydney Slaughter kind of uh, skirts that region with um, custom scenarios and and things like that. So uh, it's good to see that the the Dwellers Boys are um, sort of stepping up to the plate and planning to put on a bigger, um, well planned narrative event. So I'm I'm really keen to get 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 down to Melbourne for that. I'd, 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 what are you guys What are you guys thoughts on those sort of sentiments for next year? Yeah, I've got that event on my on my calendar of events to go to this year i've, I've already got it mm. approved so uh, oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah i'm gonna go so that's i was gonna say that'll be probably the next that'll be an army that i have to paint up for that um i haven't settled yet but i think if i do go the only army i can think of straight away that i was already planning on doing that was gonna be themed and everything like that was my ko so i'm gonna do my um barack banana ko so the <laughs> It's all gonna, it's all gonna be yellow, and obviously, it's. Uh, I already have all the lore in that they've built their sky skyport around the magical banner fruit, and it uh, 
basically will be everything is augmented with bananas and things like that, and the whole army is going to be yellow. And I'm thinking <laughs> I'll do a giant custom banana uh-huh. boat skyship <laughs> as the uh, as my titan for that event. <laughs> I tell you what, though, have you seen those? Uh, uh, I think they're. I don't want to. I want to say Rackham minis or something. They're little bananas with swords and shields. If you put a couple of those on the oh, boat, yeah, 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 the banana boat, and just give them Caradron weapons instead, I mean, that sounds like a fantastic idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to keep the arm. The, the only thing with me is I, I, I like I'm still a competitive player, so I am not quite sure how I'm going to go with the narrative of not bringing like a strong list but um I'll I'll give it my best shot anyway and I'll certainly have Chris's narrative is that they really like light sky hooks (laughs) pretty but just go up with the clown car that way you can still do the the banana boat and you can also take a million guns because clown car still works on the metal yeah I mean mine's (laughs) mine's more that like the chemist will just have like a banana peel coming out of his gun because that's why units get minus one attack because they're slipping on banana peels. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my my comedy. But also the color scheme of yellow and green because they're distant cousins of the um, the Yenar Aussie dwarves. So uh, they uh, they uh, also like those colors and there's plenty there. So I'm, I'm working on the narrative and uh, I have an idea for what I can do as like a big custom Titan. So I think that's probably the army that I'll take um, because, yeah, it's the one that I can do the project I wanted to do anyway and it will fit with what is required from that pack. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that'll be an army that I've already built it all. I just need to paint it. But now that contrast exists and you can do contrast over metallics, which I haven't done yet, um, it will be cool to put the yellow over silver undercoat so that they can have yellow armor, but it will still be metallic and it should be pretty quick. So, um, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to to doing that, actually, after after Kencon is a bit of a not side project, but kind of I'll, I'll get that army done. And to be honest, it will be both a competitive and a, narrative fun army all at once yeah i can't wait for you to have to rein yourself in while designing your own war scroll (laughs) (laughs) makes 500 attacks and is minus 12 to hit no just be roll roll a dice on a two up the model dies yeah cool that's what bananas do right roll a (laughs) dice the model dies (laughs) don't even have to roll something as long as you can roll the dice dead (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you could just write a counter a counter war scroll in your own one that says each time you make a you roll a dice to make a save, it just saves. Potassium overload. <laughs> I can't wait for Chris to run out of time too and have to bring uh, his kid down and just chuck him on a base. Yeah, he's my <laughs> titan. <laughs> oh, he would just he would destroy armies because he likes he, he likes he likes hitting stuff so. He'd match no. your war scroll too, then. <laughs> Those moles on the on the table, they're destroyed. Sorry, dude, but your your kid just kicked them off. Yeah, but like I said, on this war scroll, it says they're on the table. That's right. It's fine. Like, Mate, it's counts as slain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, with the dwellers event, um, I think it's fantastic that they're really stepping up to it. And a, a lot of this stuff, like you said, Sydney Slaughter, CanCon has had this couple of years worth of narrative, sort of like a, more of a 
more of a um what's the term like 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 an overarching style less than a actual full narrative flow and style but you've got the jade kingdoms we had uh called a glory yeah. last year or this yeah. year I'm still brother. um but with the dwellers one i think it's really good it's really ambitious unfortunately it's fallen on a, a really awkward time of the year from what they're saying when it's going to be uh happening that i don't know if i'll be fully able to attend like i said i'm only just down the road uh from melbourne but which is sad that I'm, i'll miss out on a melbourne event but unfortunately a combination of the the cost for the event for the weekend and the weekend that it falls on is just really painful for the wallet uh moving forward because i also want to attend to a couple of uh interstate events this because the the biggest thing is i missed out on interstate events last year oh well the, the last season rather so yeah. I really want to make the effort to go to South Australia's, you know, see Doom and Darkness, support their scene. I want to go up to at least one Queensland event. It looks like that might be Northern Marches at the moment, um, or possibly Bruce Vegas. Um, it's just depending on what it, what is what's available on the weekend and what funds I have available. Uh, so it's, it's awkward that I have to sort of. Oh, what was that sorry? And Sydney Slaughter, you're definitely going to Sydney Slaughter. I am definitely going to Sydney Slaughter. And you know, no, no, actually Sydney Slaughter is definitely on the radar as well, along with um possibly uh SGT. But it's just it's really balancing down and it's unfortunate that I have to sacrifice local events to do those. You just have to. Yeah, it's just finding that balance is just really awkward yeah. when we have such a fantastic community and a fantastic tournament scene on a seasonal rotation that uh some events just get missed and that's yeah, yeah. it's sad that one of them has to be the really cool event of the year which will be this narrative event that dweller boys are putting on i think now that there's like so there is there is so many events that are all fairly we'll say generic 2000 point uh competitive match play tournaments there's so many of those they're like kind of almost like a dime a dozen now that the the Different events will stand out a bit more and perhaps be a bit more attractive. But you've also got yeah. you've also got so many like Queensland. You can conceivably just play events in Queensland and qualify for Masters and you know that sort of stuff. So, but um, well, yeah. I think that's what, one thing as well that the this longer Masters like this longer break between Masters seasons might actually do is you might see higher attendance or a few more of these kind of less typical two K events um like the narrative event because people see that they've got 20 months to get their three results instead of 12 yeah. so it, it kind of means that people yeah. have got a bit more calendar space for your non-typical matched play ranked events um because it's not just all about getting their three events in for masters it's actually about going to some new events because you just want to go and play warhammer yeah yeah, it's it's a sign of the scene, I guess, this overall Australian scene, uh, perhaps maturing a little bit and just sort of moving into, like, it's got to the, a point where it's big enough and it, it can expand into these more different kind of styles of tournaments fairly easily now with um, without affecting, you know, like you're saying, rankings and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's cool. It's really good to see. And that's another one. Runax. Runax is something that we haven't, no one's mentioned yet as well. Another one on the, the radar that sounds phenomenal to attend. I, yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Runax is it's awesome. So many different events, like team events, narrative events. It's just the community is in such a good spot right now. 
ATC. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, waiting for a moment. Waiting for a moment to segue into ETC. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Matt, do you want to tell us about ETC? Ah, uh, yeah. So, ETC is the European Teams Championships. It's the World Cup of uh, Warhammer: Age of Sigma. I think it's the World Cup of a lot of different. Um, I think they have 40k there and a few other events at the same place. Um, Ninth Age. <laughs> What's that for? <laughs> what? It's where um, your army's from, Reese. Uh, yeah. Hey, no, my army's from long before. Get it right. Um, so, yeah, that, that is um, August next year, uh, August 6th, 7th, and 8th, or something like that, the weekend um, of. So, all that chat um, about all that chat about taking the foot off next year is just kind of going to go out the window now? <laughs> uh, only for that. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll be playing a few different armies and then for that I'll obviously have to take a, a, a different list, a, a more competitive list. Um, but, yeah, so we're, we're sending over a team of six six guys from Australia. Um, we've got Charles Black, Liam Burnett-Blue, uh, Andrew Bigwood, Michael Clark. Um, and Peter Atkinson. Peter Atkinson and myself. Um, we're going to head over probably a week early. We're going to check out Warhammer World, um, have a look there, maybe play a game there, and then we'll we'll make our way over to Luxembourg, um, which is its own little country between Germany and France and all those little places, um, big places, sorry. Um so we'll head over there on the Thursday. We play the Ash for the Ashes, which we'll be playing against the UK um, on a one-day sort of round-robin tournament thing, I think. And then going into Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're playing uh, two games each day, um, and that'll be against the other teams from the. I think even the US send a team over. Um, so it'll be teams from all around the world will be there playing. Um, and it's a obviously it's a teams based uh, tournament where uh, you put you put down a team on the board face down uh, and then the other opponent does puts two down and then you flip them over and then you whoever won the roll off whatever they pick who the matchup will be and then same thing it's you kind of yeah you you do your matchups each game and uh, for each for each round. Um, and do that and then obviously yeah we have a winner from that but um and then the following weekend there is a tournament in uh back in the uk um can't think of what it's called it's now blackout. blackout that's it blackout um so a few of us will try and probably try and get to that as well um so yeah it should be should be a good weekend we've already been chatting flat out um talking about what we're going to do how we're going to do it what sort of lists we're roughly thinking of taking obviously it's nine months away uh we all know how quick the game can change like it can change overnight so mm. um yeah so look it, it should be a lot of fun I, I i'm really looking forward to it it's going to be going to be an experience of a lifetime um it's not something you will always you know i, I was super happy to to even get thought of to be going over there but to actually get a spot um, and then even we've we've voted um, and for captains. Um, I'll be captaining in the team, um, and yeah, so it should be should be should be a lot of fun. Like Charles Black's been there before, 
uh, obviously in fantasy and been a couple of times. Um, Nick Owens had to unfortunately pull out. He was going to come over as our coach, but he's he's coaching us from the, the sidelines. Um, he's already on the chat with me and um, talking – oh, with sorry, with the group and, you know, just coaching us and what what, what we need to expect and, and how it's all going to go down. So, look, first and foremost, we were going to have fun and meet new people, make friends. Um then obviously from there we'll, we'll try and be as competitive as we can um, and, and, yeah, and do that. So, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. That should be should be a lot of fun. Um, so, That'd be yeah, awesome, that, man. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be so cool. Oh, it will be, yeah. Look, I, I can't wait. Like I've never been I've never been to Europe, so um, I, we're, I'm already talking to the missus and we're, we're probably going to do a bit of a – I'll do a holiday as well. Yeah, just because it's, it's such a I long. I was flight. wondering where the girlfriend points were coming from there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're we're trying to work all that out at the moment, but it's um, got to be done. It's got to be done. <laughs> yeah, it's like I was looking at the flights. It's like a twenty-two hour trip or something with a stop, and so it's gonna be. I don't want to fly all that way just to have a weekend and then fly all the way back. So yeah, yeah. I'll make the most Which of it exactly while I'm over there. What you told your wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm mostly doing it to spend time with you guys. Oh, while we're there. <laughs> we'll have a while. <laughs> you'll, you'll love it. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah, no, the kids love toys. It's fine. Yeah. I've been I've been trying to convince um Sam that we're gonna go to when we go to England one day that yeah, if, as a part of a hunt our yeah, second honeymoon package, um we'll just do a quick stop by Nottingham on yeah. the way to look at castles and uh we'll have a lot um other stuff. <laughs> Well, it is, a, it is like a castle, isn't it? Like from the yeah. from what I've seen, the building looks like a castle. It's a castle uh, of dreams. Just they're the going to be like at the hotel, and James is like dropping those leaflets and pamphlets you get at hotels, <laughs> like just all Warhammer World stuff. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really good. Be wearing my Warhammer T-shirt and yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, so it should be good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Oh. Super, super proud. And all the people who were selected, massive congratulations. And uh, I'm sure all the Australian scene will be 100% behind you when you um, get over there and then start throwing dice with uh, with the rest of the world <laughs> in a beautiful yeah. location. Just remember, if you lose to England, don't come back. Like, <laughs> that's, that, that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. Yeah, I'm no, I think it's good. I think the this. lineup we have for uh, ETC is really fun, and everyone seems to be on the ball with it, which is fantastic going forward. Yeah, yeah, I'm really. just not a big supporter of the whole. We're going over to make friends first and foremost. Streets <laughs> <laughs> the leg. There is no, there is no compassion in this dojo. Uh, <laughs> Sculps will get the uh, GTFO. We've got to pretend we're enjoying it, Matt. <laughs> Stop talking about your holiday with your family. We're talking about Warhammer now. Uh, we have got some listener questions for you. Cinderfall Gaming, Dad Hammer himself, asks, How lucky do you all feel that there were no Scourge privateers at Masters? I mean, I, I would have loved to go five and nine, I guess, instead, but I mean we just don't always get to have easy matchups. It would have been cool to have two armies that don't really exist there. Oh. <laughs> I could have a yeah, fake army off. Glorious. It would 
it would have been funny though because the postman army could have delivered his um his a4 printout in the post um and then josh griffiths this is for the mayor of masters if he had to give up bunnings or warhammer what would it be bunnings (laughs) no more sausage sizzles for you and then a double barrel question why are plasterers better than renderers at everything except warhammer and would being a renderer make me a masters level player <laughs> oh, this is right. Yeah, Josh found out I was a renderer and he's a plaster. He's just um I think he just said he's done his cert three in rendering or something. But um I think no. you're an actor. Yeah, uh, I'm that too. I'm a man, I'm everything. <laughs> uh, no, um renderers are far superior to plasterers. Um yeah, in, in all facets of life. Very cool. <laughs> and finally the renderer from- does kind of sound like an OBI unit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, Makita or Milwaukee? Ah, uh, Milwaukee. There you go. <laughs> cool. And then we I have, think we think we on, had a, um, Facebook, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So we got one from Rami Jero. Um, how competitive can the ogre more tribes be? Yeah. Look, um, as I alluded to earlier, um, I've I've got uh, ogres and. Um, I've been building some lists already. I think, uh, I think Dave Kerr's list was quite competitive. Um, mm-hmm. it, I think it it could have it could have done really well in the tournament. Um, it had the tools to do it. Um, I think the fact that they can hold objectives with single models, like the the be- the big beasties being ten models, and even just ogres being two models each, I think that's really made the army a lot better. Um, I think as far as competitive goes, you won't see them on the top tables a lot. But if you've got a good player playing them like Dave Kerr, et cetera, I think it can be quite – I think they can be competitive. Um, I think they're a four-on-one army played well. Um, I think they're still going to struggle against armies like Slanesh um, and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, look. That's what I, I feel anyway. I don't know about you, other guys. I think Slanesh is like a uniquely bad matchup for them just because of all of the depravity they'll rack up. Yeah. But um, I, I honestly think having done well with Corn and put that aside, gun to the back of my head, if I had to win a tournament with an army that I owned, I, I would be taking Ogre more tribes. And as Chris alluded to earlier, probably sticking three Frostlord on Stonehorns, giving them all a mount trait, trying to give them all an artifact and just absolutely go to town on people. I think the fact that they count as 10 models for objective scoring, the monsters, and then obviously the ogres counting as two, just eliminates their one massive flaw that they had. And I I think you could, well, not easily, but you could definitely get 5-0 with them with the right list, the right matchups, and the right player. Yeah, I think, well, I think of, of us, I was the only one that actually ended up playing Kerr, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, the way he piloted that list is um, the army has definite legs on the table that could really compete on a lot. Like, we were, we were playing uh, Total Commitment. So, uh, obviously, neither of us had teleporting, uh, had 
deep striking stuff. So it was just lining up on the table on a diagonal with four objectives. So it's an object. It's a mission where he can really succeed in because he pushes hard, steals my objectives, takes three points, and you know just grinds out the rest of my gun line. Uh, and it's it's definitely if some of the dice rolls or some of the charges have gone his way, it definitely would have been a very different match. Uh, 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 along with the way that, uh, the, like, the book can compete even in those sort of matches. And I don't think there was any game that I've seen him on on the table at Masters, or I don't expect for, for or more tribes. They're an army where you can put them on the table and you can expect to at least have a chance. Like, sometimes you'll have armies that are skew that are like OBR, for instance. Like, some people will say, like, with the shooting, like, Chris... Uh, or um, other things like Fire Slayers against Strackfoot, stuff like that. You know, like you, you see matches where just like, oh, yeah, we know who wins this one. I don't think more tribes suffer from that in any real matchup I can think of, except maybe Slanesh because of, again, the depravity. But, like, they're, they're definitely an army that just can be put on the table, push forward on objectives and do really well for it. So, yeah, I agree with Tyrrell. I think it's a four-in-one army with a confident player behind it and it can push hard for the 5 and oh, if the player wants to make riskier plays or, you know, roll, roll big. Uh, I think they can really push on to a 5-0 and oh potential. And I'm keen to see them moving forward, especially if we get any of the FAQ or points updates that are due in January. Like, if they anything gets fiddled there or if things get bumped up or down, like it'd be really interesting to see what the book does uh, after that. Cool. Yeah. I think the monsters are the absolute powerhouse of that book. 10 counting yeah. as 10 counting as 10 models when they are themselves quite resilient. Um, I think ethereal amulet stone horns is definitely a way to go to be honest over the extra movement. I think they're fast enough. Um, and a three up if you can get him re-rolling ones ignoring rend like I, I, the funny thing is everyone's going crazy over OBR and Petrofex but I actually think ogres with like stone horns and stuff would ruin Petrofex um, yeah. because especially metal cruncher like start the combat phase um, and then the, it's just the impact hits as well from the charges doing mortal wounds on fours from all of them um, and then counting as 10 models there's just almost no army out there that has a resilient high number of bodies and you just think about the objective game and how most people play is you put a unit of chaff on in front of an objective and then just like a character or something behind it and you're like if i get charged by a big monster they can kill the 10 then they're sitting there and my character's sitting there but because it was mine before it's still mine because it's one for one that yeah. doesn't that doesn't exist against the the yogas they will come in, they only have to kill like two models from a screen and they take the objective. So I just don't know if there's many armies out there that will actually be able to outscore the 10 model Stonehorns. And it, if they can survive a bit with their, what well, if they're in Boulderhead, they're going to have 14 wounds, three up saves, um, and then five up after damage saves. I just think they can go in and just make loads of charges and doing the mortal wounds put they've got decent damage output like you can have one with plus two to hit on its horns in combat in boulder head so i i just mm. think i actually think you'll get more than one or two five and o's like i think i think they're actually the stronger book if i'm honest 
guys, I think we might wrap it up there. So uh, any further shout-outs, Reese? You got anyone you want to shout-out? Now, now's your opportunity. Uh, yeah, actually, just a shout-out to all the Measured Gaming crew. Like, they've been really supportive over the past 18 months since I started in the community. Uh, they all, uh, yeah, a uh, bunch, uh, bunch of loose blokes that like to have a good time rolling dice, and I I think that's fantastic. Uh for the gaming sort of that I want to do on the table, uh, I sort of agree with that style thing. Uh, and uh, also to uh, actually to Mr. Runax, uh, Gabe, he's been uh, we've been back and forth chatting for quite a while about fake armies and stuff, and he's really sort of uh, he's been really supportive with the the army, and we've just been bouncing ideas off. I think it's just phenomenal to have someone else playing the fan fiction dwarfs to bounce ideas off of. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's just everyone in the community has just been really engaging and really enjoyable to play against as well. So if I can shout out anyone, I just shout out to the Australian better. Like <laughs> you guys are all doing well. Uh, let's keep up a good thing that's happening at the moment and move forward into 2020. Yeah. Fantastic, man. And, uh, where can we find you online if we wish to, uh, get in contact or sledge you or whatever? Yeah, you know, just drop me hate mail. Um, so I'm on uh, Twitter at, at @tanfew, uh, and with the handle superkeenr. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. I run a blog. So I've been I've been putting it on the back burner just because of work, but I've been running a blog which is Slapper Dash Wargaming. Uh, so I try to put up bat raps from events that I've gone to and just sort of talk about general hobby ideas and. Uh, just to sort of sort of deep dives and uh, exploring ideas and fluff and themes and stuff. Uh, but it's yeah, it's been on a back burner for the past six months for work. But I'm hoping to pick that back up. So if you guys want to ever get bored and uh, I've started posting again, go check it out. So that's slapperdash painting. Uh, cool. Slapperdash wargaming. Yeah. Slapperdash wargaming. Cool. Got it. Awesome. Mm. Okay. Thanks, man. And um, Matt Campbell. Where can we find you online? And any shout-outs? Uh, yeah, just really simply uh, shout-out Clan Filth, which is my gaming club, um, that, and then the Sydney scene in general. Um, online, I don't really do Twitter. Um, it, yeah, but I kind of leave that to other people. But uh, Facebook, best place to find me. Um, I'm on the Warhammer Australia Facebook group, the uh, Sydney Facebook group, and then also the Corn group, as well as lurking in a few other ones. Are you, so, the, dark, are you the dark overlord of the Corn group? Uh, I, I prefer to think of myself as the fun uncle of the <laughs> Corn group. Uh, the other people are admins, but I, I'm always there giving thumbs up and encouragement to people. Yep. Awesome. Over to you, um, uh, Mr. Terrell. Any um, shout yeah. yeah, I'd like to shout out um, Matt Campbell's dice for our final game. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's so too soon. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they, they performed how I needed them to. Um, oh, yeah, no, I like, <laughs> I, I like <laughs> shout out all the boys uh from uh, Borderline Gaming and, and obviously helping me become the player I am and um, help giving me games and 
and stuff like that, bounce ideas off. Um, and as Reese said, just a shout out to the wider community. Like everyone, everyone's fantastic in this community. We all get around each other. We all have fun. We all have a drink together. We could like we 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 showed it at Masters. Like we all got together and had beers and had food and we all none of us. I, I don't think I heard one argument for the night. Like not even talking about lists or anything. Everyone was just cool with each other and. Um, there was no disagreements and, um, and Dave Kerr, he, he did, he left early and didn't pay for his meal. So Tyler had to <laughs> fix it up. <laughs> yeah, what a terrible bloke. <laughs> that was quite funny. We actually, we all, we all, um, cause it was at a pub, but for some reason they came and served us at the table and took our meal, like our, our orders and all that. And then we were there for hours and, we all decided, all right, it's time we head off. So we all got up and like started walking out the door. And and the one of the the barmen, he's come running after. Us. He goes, "Oh, are you going to pay for your meals?" I'm like, "Oh shit, we forgot all about it." Like we literally half of us had gotten out the door. And um, but <laughs> David had left like an hour, half an hour earlier because he was dog tired. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he just walked out without paying. He he forgot all about it too. But yeah, it was quite funny. I don't believe um, it. He wasn't tired. He just didn't want to pay. <laughs> yeah, like he, he was he was late to Masters, but he was early to skip out on the bill. I mean, there's a conspiracy there if I've ever heard one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, shout out to the community. Everyone's great. Um, shout out to the ETC team. Uh, let's let's have a good time. Let's do well. Um, yeah, let's, let's all catch up at CanCon. Let's have a good weekend. Um, yeah, thanks again. And you can find me on Facebook as Matthew Tyrrell. You can find me on Twitter. Um, same thing again. Um, yeah. Nice. And I'll just add a quick shout-in out to the uh, the Dwellers crew, so Nick Cohen, I think Danny Paints and Will Knight for their efforts on the weekend. Like they kept everyone yeah. up to date, up to speed with their constant flow of uh, tweets and and uh, Facebook posts and stuff. So that was really appreciated, especially from I was working that day. So it um, kept me afloat during the day heading <laughs> out and checking out what was going on. So um, some really yeah. tough calls had to be made. Um, it's not easy being a TO. Never, like sometimes you just have to make those really hard calls that, and um, that's just part of the game, part of comes with that territory. So, um, you know, salute salute you boys for um, sticking to your guns and making, making those tough choices um, and running a fantastic event by what it sounds like. So, um, yeah, that's that's my that's my two cents. Um, Chris, any any shout outs, mate? No, just uh, thanks to the guys for coming on and uh, yeah, well done for having a, a good Masters and yeah, repping a, a good spirit. I think and everyone said it was everyone had fun and it was held in the right spirit of things, even if it was a bit smaller. Like everyone hung out the whole time and yeah, it was good to good to hear from good Masters. And uh, yeah, it'll be cool for the next one. And yeah, obviously one of you will definitely be there again, but I expect at least one of the others is probably going to be there. It's usually a consistent scene, so uh, we'll see. But no, it was good. So um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And uh, yeah, hopefully it won't be too long till our next episode. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Cool. Cheers, guys.
Good to see you. Come on in. Everybody, come on in. Grab a drink. Get those clothes off. Let's get in the pool. Get in the pool. Time to get in the pool. This summertime. Time to get in the pool. Everybody, come in. Get up in the pool. Get a little drink on. Get up in the pool. I need you to get in to the motherfucking pool right now. I need you to get in to the motherfucking pool right now. Let's go, everybody, get in. Okay, I'm starting to get upset. I'm starting to get a little pissed. If you motherfuckers don't get up in the pool, I'm gonna get real fucking upset. Get up in the pool right now. Get up in the motherfucking pool. Get up in the pool right now. God damn it, get up in the motherfucking pool. Come on, get up in the pool. 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 Rebecca, get up in the pool. Bob, get up in the pool. 